They're underfed. They're hungry. Their life slowly wasting away because they haven't got enough food. Hello, I'm Sally Struthers. For just 50 cents a day, the price of an apple fritter, you can help feed someone who can't afford to feed himself. The meals are free, they're nourishing, and best of all, they're pretty darn tasty. Are you going to finish this? Your donation to the Feed the Planet Foundation is totally tax-deductible. Just think of it. You're reaching out, and you're giving these people hope. And biscuits, I love biscuits. Please send your donation today. Just remember, $15 a month, the price of a Grand Slam breakfast and 10 duck bars. You can give these people the sustenance that they know so desperately need. Please try to hurry, though. I've been here for six months, and these people just seem to be getting hungrier and hungrier. I can't understand this. Won't you reach out and touch them? Remember, for just $180 a year, the price of a... Twelve buckets of chicken and a super big gulp Dr. Pepper. You can give these people something. Just go buy, 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 feed me. Give it to me. Schmitzke beer smacks of a schmeigel to me. I can see that. I'm not going to discount Sandler maybe coming up for it, though. Oh, yeah, I could see him. That theory of just they got writing credits because they yeah. were just being racist and homophobic behind right. the scenes. Right. And then some, like, 19-year-old dork had to go put those ideas on paper, and then they got writing credits for it. Yeah, I mean. You're an intern. You'll get your writing credits someday. It's good money if you can get it, I guess. I don't think that it is. No? Um, I think I've heard some podcasts with people that like worked at SNL who just yeah. live in one-bedroom apartments and whatever. Well, I'm saying like if you were one of the cast members. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. You think they get double pay if you're on the cast and you get a writing? That's a good like, question. Tina Fey had to have been getting double pay, right? That bitch was like head writer and she was showing up all the time as, a, as an oh, actor. Oh, but that was in an era when no one cared. Different contracts? How's Lorne structuring this Lorne. thing? You know Lorne's pinching every penny he possibly Lorne. can. He's fucking turning these young comedians out. He brings them in, he chews them up, he spits them out. He's like fucking the pimp of the improv comedy world. Yeah, he's been doing it the since... The real exploiter. What, 77 or 79 or something? When did that show start? The earlier yeah. 70s, and then there was that break in the 80s when they were like, you got to take a couple years to just focus on cocaine for a while. Well, duh. And we're going to bring in some other guys who don't understand comedy. They're going to hire Joe Piscopo and whatnot. Uh, jo- look, we're going to get Joe Piscopo. Oh, yeah? Who else? Uh, this chick that's going to play Elaine in Seinfeld later. Oh, this sounds promising, yeah. Um, Judge Reinhold? In a season? Mm, I think what everybody was yeah, in like one know. season back then. Yeah. The guy who played the dude who could get you tickets in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, he's also on the oh, show. Oh, wow. That's Damone. Go okay. Okay. What's your five point plan? All right. Now pay attention. 
First of all, Rat, you never let on how much you like a girl. Oh, Dabby. Hi. Two, you always call the shots. Kiss me. You won't regret it. Now, three, act like wherever you are, that's the place to be. Isn't this great? Four. When ordering food, you find out what she wants, then order for the ball field. It's a classy move. A lady will have the linguine and white clam sauce and a Coke with no ice. And five. Now, this is most important, Rat. It comes down to making out. Whenever possible, put on side one of Led Zeppelin four. I don't think he was on it. I only know him from Fast Times, I think. He's got to be in something He's gotta else. He's got to be in something else. That guy had some real sleazebag chemistry. Yeah, I feel Sam Rockwell's performance in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. It's a heavy Sp- Demone heavy, influence. Heavy Demone He was there. watching a lot of Tate before he yeah. went in there into yeah. that uh, Foot Clan headquarters to knock that out. He made sure to watch real close before he drops the... You want regular okay. or menthol? Listen, we we do have uh, t- the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on our on our schedule coming up, so let's not get too deep. Let's, let's not blow our whole Sam Rockwell wad. Call uh, the tease. An episode that's not even a TMNT episode. I could talk Sammy Rocks you could like three all hours, day. Yeah. all day, man. I agree with that. I watched that terrible movie he was in with uh, that terrible girl where he's an assassin and like dances and stuff. Oh, Mr. Wrong or yeah. Mr. Right? Or, you're, I don't know. You're explaining something that I also have seen at yeah. some point in my life, but then it immediately forgotten that it existed. It's yeah, not it a was very terrible. Good movie. Yeah. yeah, it was very terrible. I mean, I love him. He's who is the delightful. girl? Anna Kendrick. Okay, yeah. I liked the Anna Kendrick. I liked Sam Rockwell. I assumed that this was going to be a, a, a nice just little a, film, but then... Just a good time. My only rem- memory of it was that it was... At least he got to dance. Yeah, he did Always a lot Always comes up with an excuse to... But yeah, this yeah. might have been like the... He gets a little bit too much rope and he hangs himself. Yeah. Like, you throw it in for a yeah. few seconds here and there when you can. You don't base an entire yeah. character around it, Sam Rockwell. You're, you're not... You're just jerking yourself off at this point. Right, you're not... Fat boy Slim getting Chris Walken to show up in one of your videos, all right? And you're not the fat boy is starring in hilarious comedy Disorderlies, where they were clearly given carte blanche to do whatever they want, and it turned out to be a low-key masterpiece. I like when... If you could go, uh-huh. that, that counted as yeah, like that's a career. Right oh there. man, I got a career going. If it's nineteen eighty five, look at me, man. Fucking paychecks yeah. arriving at your well, door. Beatboxing, that's what they called it. I, mean, I think that that's just one aspect of beatboxing. It's, it's, no, it's like a nuanced art form. I in the eighties, short shrift. In the eighties, that was about seventy five percent. There's a lot of like in there too. Yeah, like, you had to be able to do like a. You see, I'm good, man. Born in the wrong era. I can, I can do all that Timbaland, Timba, Timbaland, Timbaland shit. Oh, I don't. I'm not even. Those are. I know those are work boots that all the rappers like to wear. I don't know what it means as far as a genre of music. See, that sounds like horror movie shit. I don't that know. sounds like little horror movie monsters skittering and scattering around. It's uh, close to the horror season. You seen anything good lately? Oh, man, you want to talk about watching horror movies? I've been mm-hmm. watching a ton. Let me uh, pull up my whole uh, diary here on Letterboxd. We can see what I've been running through. The little lady and I have been making our way through those Bloomhouse joints. Okay, yeah, there's on the one Hulus. of those comes out every... Uh, okay, on the 7th, I watched City Slickers. Have you seen that, that one? One's that one's too <laughs> scary. Terrifying. Um, 
1991 hey, mom. That's the little uh Jack Palance, uh-huh. same birthday as uh Big Brother Ted. This is the first time I'm hearing about yeah. it. Yeah, Jack Palance and your older you. brother share a fucking yeah. birthday. How long we known each other? Why do you think Dave and I hearing about it? Why do you think Dave and I call Ted uh, Curly all the time? Highly recommend the movie. Oh yeah, mom. mom Tell me about it. 1991. Um it's got uh fucking Mini Driver. No, it's yeah. uh, Brian James, you know, that fucking guy from Blade Runner who, like, fails the Are You a Blade Runner test. Care if I talk? I'm kind of nervous when I take tests. Oh, just please don't move. I'm oh, sorry. I already had an IQ test this year. I don't think I've ever had the one The action of time is a factor in this, so please pay attention. I answer as quickly as you can. Sure. One one eight seven Hunter Varser. That's the hotel. What? Where I live. Nice place. Yeah, sure, I guess. Is that part of the test? No, just warming you up. That's all. Huh. It's not fancy or anything. You're in a desert, walking along in the sand. When all of a sudden. This is the test now. Yes, you're in a desert, walking along in the sand. When all of a sudden you look. What one? What? What desert? Doesn't make any difference. What desert is completely hypothetical. But how come I'd be there? Maybe you're fed up. Maybe you want to be by yourself. Who knows? You look down and you see a tortoise, Leon. It's crawling towards you. Tortoise? What's that? Yeah. And we saw him in 48 Hours. Yeah. He plays this, like, blood-sucking fiend, and he's awesome. He's, like, half vampire, half werewolf, just, like, zombie ghoul. I could see him playing that. And he ends up renting a room from this sweet old lady and then, like, biting her. And then the rest of the movie is just, like, her kids having to deal with the fact that she's now a blood-sucking fiend and her, like, trying to escape the house to, like, hunt down hobos in back alleys and eat them and stuff. That's streaming on anything? Uh, let's see here. I'd like to watch that. film thing and see where... I watched it. Uh, it's not streaming on anything, which must mm. mean that it's just uploaded to YouTube. I must have Beautiful. just fucking put it on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, my horror recommendation so far from everything I've been running through. 1991's I, Mom. I like the sounds of that. Good shit. Good we, shit. We watched, uh, what, did we, what did we watch? Did, did you watch that I'm Just Fucking With You movie yet? I have on not. On Hulu? No, no. You gotta watch that. I okay, enjoyed that a lot. Let's throw that into the, the queue or officially. I'm right Just now. Effing With You, I think it's called. Well, that's a not as good of a name. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking, but they use yeah. an asterisk right. for, the, for the U. Right, yeah. It's on Hulu, you say? Yeah. Okay. It's part of that Bloomhouse horror here. movies they're okay, doing Okay, it's on now. the watch list. It's, it's Yeah, it's a good one. Officially on that Letterboxd watch list. Well, we watched Uncanny Annie, I think was the name of it last night, That's... which was like Jumanji, but a horror movie. Okay, I'm going to watch this one right after Dr. Giggles, it looks like. Dr. Giggles is next on my docket. Oh, oh is that the... Uh, that's the one with the uh, fucking Duran. Um, He's the bad guy dentist, right? Or, yeah. Right? Larry Drake. Yeah, Duran. <laughs> right. From, from Darkman, that's right. Yeah. It's well-established. You're a huge Darkman fan. I know nothing about Darkman, but yes. A little pissed off that uh, Fright Rags finally comes out with a exclusive Darkman line. And oh, that sounds You and Maria nice. weren't even like, oh, we should probably get Matt one of these Darkman shirts because he loves Darkman. Well, next holiday, you know what's coming. That's it's, Now that's on my, my mental list. You know Fright Rags only does limited runs. They bring things back, and also people aren't going to be selling out those Darkman shirts. (sighs) Nobody fucking like Darkman. Just like I thought I would be the first person to put "Give me the fucking elephant" 
in the comment section, but no, so many people had because so many people like wow. Dark man sounds like your basic bitch dark man fan going for the obvious pull quotes. It's just the thought, best line thought, in the movie. Thought you'd know more of the uh, the sleeper hits. I do. I know a lot of them, all of them. Like when Bruce Campbell shows up at the very end. Oh wow! There's no line. There. Easter egg. But it's Bruce Campbell. Yeah, you should have put that in the comments. Remember when Bruce Campbell shows up at the very you end? You guys there? remember uh-huh. in the movie when he was Bruce Campbell? It wasn't Liam Neeson. Boom, you just got Easter egged yeah. all over your face. What is a boy to do? Speaking of Liam Neeson's, the elks of those types of peoples, okay. it's Baby Oil and Blow where we talk no, about I action movies. I always forget. It's good that you always bring it back. Yeah. And Liam Neeson's, he's in action movies. He is. He, we've even talked about Famously. him before on this show. Late career action resurgence. He was in that Hillbilly movie with uh, She's Like the Wind. That's right. You know? Uh-huh. It's called She's Like the South. We watched the fuck out of that movie. What the? What was the name of that? I liked it. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank just because you asked me. Right. Like, yeah. And I set it up horribly. It 100%. Yeah, 100%. First of all, Patrick Swayze is the star. I went out of my way to make next sure of kin. That was you our, would not remember. That was our next of kin episode you're yeah, talking about where yeah. you played a hillbilly from the hills of Kentucky. But we're talking all sorts of stuff because it's, you know, action time. And Eventually we're your we'll hosts. through it. I'm uh, Matt Eventually O. something misfires and then that brain starts working. Oh, absolutely. With me, as always, you can be... You can be the Dark Man 2 and 3 to my Dark Man 1. Oh, wow. That's a big honor here. You are Nate Adams. <laughs> um, ahoy, ahoy, everybody. I, th- I yeah, thought that we were going to go in like a making copies making uh, direction with that or something. Take it back to Dark Man. That's fine with me. You know I love Dark Man. That and bad sitcoms from the early 2000s. This is a you're, running... Uh, you're the under storylines. You're the underutilized Chris Elliott in '90s Saturday Night Live to my overutilized Adam Sandler. Oh, you wow. are Nate Adams. How's that one? I love that one. Yeah. Hoy hoy, everybody! It's officially <laughs> perfect right there. Yeah, they had Chris Elliott. Is there a thing where they were sharing him with Letterman? Is that why they right? didn't get him on that show all the time? I don't know, he had, but he, he had was Letterman in skits. commitments. Also, where's he been? I saw a nice horror Good movie call. his uh, daughter made a couple years ago, or like the whole family started it as a family. It was delightful. I loved it. Saw it at a festival. Chris fucking Elliott was hilarious in it. His yeah. wife was really good, and then nowhere. I don't even know if it ever came out. That's too bad. Oh, uh, speaking of newer... Clara's Ghost. That was the name of that movie. Newer movies. That new Pauly Shore one, that guest house or house guest. Wait, wait. Pauly Shore and Sinbad are doing a house guest sequel Uh, No, I wish. I wish. There's a new movie where Pauly Shore just plays Pauly Shore. He's... He's not, delightful. You're not saying it. he's just a, 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 an actor that isn't versatile and is playing himself again. You're saying that the character is named Polly Shore in the film. Let's get this straight. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, let's say that. So maybe not then. He's doing a lot of cocaine and banging fat women. Oh, good for him. It's yeah. a really good movie. I imagine that's pretty similar to what he's doing now. Yeah. Hanging around his dead mom's comedy uh, venue and... Old Matt gives it seven Bang bullets. whatever nerds go in there. And says, check it out. Uh, if you were tuning in last week, you know that we are, we're now deep. Into... Did you make sense of it if you tuned in? <laughs> Listen, I, I held that thing together. I was directing you traffic were. the whole time. You were. Could have been a disaster, but it pulled it, pulled it off at the last second. That's the one the thing. podcast of all podcasts. The one thing you can depend on in this show is that somebody... 
Just somebody yeah, is going to be just sober enough. Sober enough to keep directing traffic. Just sober enough. Get you to the end. Goddamn right. It's but, you know, it was appropriate that it was a drunken podcast because we're talking about a drunken director. Yeah. It is Bloody Sam Tember, where we're digging into the career of Sam Peckinpah, a famously drunk on-set director. Men mm. would tell people he couldn't work if he was sober. Just the creative Been juices there. wouldn't be flowing. Yeah. All right. Showing up to work sober. Like, ugh, what's the point? Might he's, as well kill yourself. I got to work and I have to be sober? He's kind of the spirit nightmare. animal. Or spirit Fucking director nightmare. of this podcast. So we started off with the Wild Bunch, some early cowboy shit from him. We're trying to pick and choose his more action-oriented films mm-hmm. here because we are an action-oriented podcast, as you understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get into the rundown of what's going on next here. Um, this week, the rundown is brought to us by MSI Detective Services. They're because if you watch this film, you'll realize fucking people be cheating on each other out there in the world. Like, if you're married to somebody, you got to keep an eye on them. Fucking, they're going to cheat on you. Especially if you go to jail for a little while. Yeah, MSI or, or overseas. Well. Fighting in one of those wars. Oof. Might as well kiss, kiss that wife goodbye. Don't, look, don't be a Jody, okay? No one wants a Jody That's the, in their life. Yeah, That's a nightmare. If you don't know what that is, Google just songs from the 70s. MSI Detective Services, they're accredited, they're legit. Um, if for discreet consultations, you can call them at 773-404-7400. Or, you know, uh, nas- nationwide, they've got a number, too. Yeah. They're not local to Chicago area. No. Uh, 888-338-4545. So you got a sneaking suspicion that fucking somebody's screwing around on you. Or maybe you probably just want to on the down low Get a hitman to kill somebody. Yeah. I'm sure you probably go through a service like this to sniff one of those people out, too. Or you could do like I did with my second wife mm-hmm. and just call Clark Gable the third. Oh, okay. And uh, he and the cast of Cheaters will just come on out and take care of things. Is that a her. thing? There's yeah. Clark Gable's grandson the third. is on Cheaters? Yeah. Like the Clark Gable? His Correct. Grandson is that on... same one. I had no idea. He's the host. That's embarrassing for that family. Yeah. The whole re- Gable family is fucking burying their heads in the sand over that one, I'm sure. He's no Joey Greco, but... uh well, That goes without saying. He gets the job done, I guess. The rundown this week is of 1972's The Getaway. This is a film, much like most of this man's films, with a hefty runtime. Yeah. This time of 122 minutes. That's just over two hours for all you keeping track out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a film with a budget of $3.3 million. Pretty modest for all the things they blow up in this movie, I feel 72, like. 3.3, yeah. Gross of this film, $36.7 million. Made a lot of money. I think it was one of Steve McQueen's bigger hits. I think it was yeah. Sam Peckinpah's biggest hit, maybe. All things uh, equal. Director is, of course, Sam Peckinpah. This is, I think, his eighth feature. We got it uh, <laughs> sandwiched right in there between Junior Bonner, another Steve McQueen movie, and his uh, very, very underrated Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Mm. Excellent Bob Dylan soundtrack on that one. Excellent soundtrack. Uh, Bob Dylan, people know him as uh, being Jacob Dylan's father. Well, eh, Jacob Dylan doesn't like you to talk about that, I though, know, so keep I it know. under wraps, maybe. We don't want fucking old JD getting mad at us. Same black line was drawn on me, someday. drawn on you. Writer of this film is uh, notable because it is Walter Hill, another guy who we've done a deep dive on before, uh, fucking became a director later on. Here he's adapting a book for old Sam Peckinpah. 
Oh, Walty Hill. I mean, as, we, as we've talked about, the man took a lot of inspiration from Peckinpah's style to do his own fucking dirty-ass shit. Yeah. Stars of this film, number one, we got Steve McQueen in this film as Doc McCoy. He's a... I got a, I got a bald one and a basinger. Career crook recently out of jail. We established last week that we weren't watching the remake. How dare you? I was talking about uh, Tom He Rock. pulls jobs with his sexy-ass wife. Uh, he was the punk kid who saved everybody in The Blob, which I just rewatched the other night for its 62-year anniversary. Oh, Steve McQueen. Seeing that? Yeah, as a, like a 30-year-old teenager. <laughs> Works out great. Never realized. Allie McGraw is in this film as Carol McCoy, the sexy-ass wife of the aforementioned Doc McCoy. She was... She looked better in other stuff. A model who broke in love story opposite Ryan O'Neal, yeah, another dreamboat of the huh? 1970s, late 60s. Uh, also, we will see her coming up here in a couple weeks in Convoy, which is something to look forward to. Ben Johnson is in this film as Jack Bainan, a corrupt businessman who pulls strings to get McCoy out of jail after fucking his sexy wife Duh. and making him agree to pull some sort of bank job for him. We just saw Ben Johnson in The Wild Bunch. It's one of the pervert fucking brothers last week. Oh, yeah. Al Littieri is uh, in this film playing Rudy Butler. He's uh, the dude that Doc and uh, old Carol pull a job with. Carol. Ends up double-crossing him and then chasing him all across Texas. Hey, Carol. Of course, he's fucking Soloso in The Godfather, the guy who tries to get all the Italians into dealing drugs. There's a lot uh, of Godfather nerds out there, I'm sure. Never watched know one exactly of those. what I'm talking about. Never watched one I thought one you'd of seen those. the first one nope. at this point. I thought I made you nope. watch the first one. Oh, maybe you did. I think I did. Yeah, it sounds familiar. One of the greatest films of all time. One of the few things me and dumb dads in like their fucking mid-40s can agree on. Uh, the only movie that is uh, heavily dedicated to Italian-Americans mm -hmm. that I care for, mm -hmm. Super Mario Brothers. No, that's a good one. Yes. Fucking John Leguizamo is probably Italy's greatest actor, I'd say. Well, him and Bob Hoskins. <laughs> yeah, they, neck well, and neck. Yeah, Bob Hoskins is quite as prolific as uh, John Leguizamo. But, you know, yeah, he's notable. He's notable. Yeah, John Leguizamo's House of Buggin' had a huge right. following. Uh -huh. Hey, you see that house of bugging? <laughs> hey, forget about it. That's how they talk. Right? Jack Dodson is in this film playing Harold Clinton, a veterinarian who gets taken hostage by Rudy and then cucked by his wife. Yeah. Fucks this guy all over Texas. Who's his wife? Uh, you know fucking Harold Clinton, of course, for playing Mama's Boy and County Clerk Howard Sprague on the Andy Griffith show. Those oh. late seasons after fucking Don Knotts left and it got all colorized. <laughs> you know, the good seasons. I don't think you can say colorized. His wife, of course, is Fran Clinton, played by Sally Struthers. She's fucking... Just juggy and juggy and cucking in this. Act in this. You know her from begging for money for starving kids in Africa all throughout the eighties and nineties. She's Meathead's wife. I, th I think you've just mispronounced uh, Lorelai's nosy neighbor Babette on the Gilmore Girls. Is what you meant to say, probably. I've seen a handful of Gilmore Girls. I have not seen one. She's. I've seen it. every episode of the Gilmore oh. Girls, and I'll tell you, you need to treat yourself. Huh. 
Slim Pickens is also in this movie for a minute, playing uh, the cowboy, an old man who has his truck jacked by Doc and Carol. Yeah. He wrote a bomb in Dr. Strangelove, and he was Frank Stilwell and the Don Knotts, Tim Conway classic, The Apple Dumpling Gang, classic mm. old cowboy coot actor. Mm-hmm. Loving him. Singer-songwriter. Tagline of this film. It takes two to make it, dot, 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 the big two. I don't understand that for the life nope. of me. Just no idea what that even... What's the big two? I would have used uh, it make two to make a thing go right. I mixed two to make it out of sight. Yeah. This could boop, also just be the plot. Boop, boop, boop. But the plot here, this this synopsis we have, is I think the shortest plot synopsis that we've ever had on Baby Will and Blow. Okay. One sentence, straight into the point. A recently released ex-convict and his loyal wife go on the run after a heist goes wrong. Loyalish wife. Proves to be loyal by the end of the movie, but we'll get into that as we dig through our notes here and talk about all the things that jumped out at us as we were watching this film in a segment that, as always, is called Bullet Points. Bullet Point. Point to the bullet. Yeah, what do you got here? What are we we thinking about as uh, we we venture into Um, the getaway here? uh, What was was standing out to Matto? McQueen's in the clink. Oh, that's true. You know, familiar parts. As we open, for me, you know, this guy's going jail life. Is yeah. Open on jail life. It's what's happening here. It's like I've seen this before. That was a real jail they were shooting in. Mm, with was, real, yeah. There's like inmates. one of the first opening shots there. There's like a bunch of wild deer on the grounds and shit. And I'm like, what's this leading to? What's this about? Was this gonna symbolize something? But I don't think it was. I think this is just some weird jail that has just a bunch of fucking animals around. Jails were different then, man. Yeah, apparently there was plenty of deer you could skin and eat. You got put to out work. Out in the yard. Out in the fucking shit. yard. That's what we're seeing here is yeah. the day-to-day life of McQueen getting put to work. They're like fucking doing some controlled burns out in the forest and shit. He's doing his time. Fucking some shit that we should be doing these days, am I right? Fucking whole whole left coast is on fire over there. We need some fucking prisoners out there raking up the leaves and burning them a couple times a year. That's all. Why ain't we doing that anymore? Trump knows. Yeah, just get them out there raking and burning, raking and burning. But yeah, we're seeing all the fucking just sitting around playing cards, making crafts out of matchsticks or whatever the fuck he's doing. Yep. Mundane shit. This guy's life sucks. Yeah. And it's just, it's montage. It looked like jail. It's real interesting the way these things are like montage because you'll see him like looking off like screen at something and you're like, yeah. what are you looking at? And then you just cut to like him just doing something else. So it's like, oh, I think he's just looking at himself. It sort yeah. of makes you feel crazy after a while. Mm-hmm. And then it starts just cutting these things faster and faster and faster. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is manic. repetitive and I don't like it. I don't like being in jail. Get me out of jail, man. Yeah. We got to do a getaway. That's the same feelings that McQueen has. Mm-hmm. Because he gets turned down by the old parole board. That's right. They're like, you can try again next this year. Is the first time we see Ben Johnson, he is on that parole board yeah. wearing his big old cowboy hat like, fuck you, you ain't getting out, yeah. man. Yeah. He's like, you're a F word. <laughs> I don't think he goes that far. Well, kind of have an error of respectability Basically, here. back then, if you, this is Texas, if come you on. didn't like somebody, you were insinuating that they were of the homosexual variety. Yeah, so this early stuff here, you're just getting all this classic fucking Sam Peckinpah editing that we've talked about. This flashy shit. Even the opening credits, he's got those same just like still card things like he did in the Wild Bunch. Yep. This is very much Sam Peckinpah has got his fingerprints all over it. 
Our story starts kicking in when we meet Allie McGraw's character, Carol, though. She shows up and she's like, Carol! Hey, yo, what up, Doc? Which is somebody who, like, has a grandfather who is just inexplicably known as Doctor eh. without ever What's up, having doc? any sort of doctorate. The man was a truck driver. I always like it when people are randomly called Doctor. I think once I finally have grandchildren, I'm just going to make them address me as Doc. Why not? Yeah, I'm going to tell them that I was a medic in the war. They won't know. No, the kids are stupid. How would they know? Yeah, they'll just be like, oh. All they know is what you tell them. I guess he was. So McQueen's like, listen, my life's starting to feel like a Sam Peckinpah fucking montage sequence. You got to get me out of here. Right. You're just like some lady. I don't know what you could do, but like pull some strings, make it happen. He's like, I'm far too fucking pretty to be in here. And she's like, you know what up? I I got you, Doc. I'm going to get you out of here. I'm glad you finally, like, had the idea, hey, I should get out of jail. Yeah. And we could just now decide to get you out of jail. Right. I was was waiting for you to have that idea, like, a couple years ago. It took a while to come up with that one. I was just waiting for you to let me put dicks in my holes. So, yeah, he gets out of jail. We see Uh him being released. Uh, He's hanging around in the parking lot. Nobody's there to pick him up other than Bainone's guys who are just like, hey, uh... My guy got you out. You're going to have to do some shit for us now. Yeah. Fucking later, shit bird. They we'll peel out. He's left there. This is like middle of nowhere, Texas. Fucking hey, we'll see you later, F word, they said. We get a nice... Nobody's saying the F word in this movie. I, it's in the tone. Listen, I hear We cover it. plenty of movies where we, we hear the F word over and over again. We don't have to wish it into movies that didn't actually do that. I'm not wishing. I'm just saying I... It sounds a little bit like you're no, wishing. I understood the tone. We get a panoramic view here. We're in the middle of nowhere. Finally, old bitch Allie McGraw shows up and is like, oh, sorry I left you standing around in the desert heat after getting out of jail for a lot of years. I had a hair appointment. Yeah. I know she gets smacked around a little in this movie, Matt, but I feel like she should have been getting smacked around right here in this parking lot. Like, What the hell are you talking about? I'm going to tell you. standing out here for over an hour. Matter of factly. I I was out of jail. We need to go, like, fucking do some... Not in jail shit. The, there's no way he would have stayed there that long. Uh-huh. If he did stay there for an hour, mm-hmm. then he would have been one of the annoying types that comes back into the lobby oh, every right. five minutes. Sure, and it's like, yeah. can, I, can I just use your phone? Uh-huh. Can I just use the phone? I just need to use the phone. Right. I don't know. There wasn't much of a lobby, though. They kind of walked him right out of a cage. Exactly. I mean, I so Texas yeah. jails are a little bit yeah, different. It could be. Yeah. It's like, if you don't have a ride, you're going to be a skeleton with tumbleweeds blowing by yeah. by the end of the day, probably. Pretty much. I guess he didn't have a choice. Thankfully, though, she does pick him up, and then we go have like an awkward day together where he's just walking around mm-hmm. like by a lake looking at people in their bathing suits while wearing a three-piece yeah. suit and just glaring. It's like, I just want to walk around and glare at people now that I'm out of jail. I, uh... Got in my notes right here. He's a he's a free man in a free world. Yeah, I guess that's true. Ain't nothing better than that. So that's the truth of the matter. And he realizes, like, hey, I am free. And so you know what? I can enjoy my life. These two, this married couple, they don't have much to say to each other. No. Points here. These are just like, no. these are people of very few words, like... I'm starting to wonder, like, what sort of relationship do they have? Like, do they even like each other? They seem pretty contentious or just like, they both seem like house cats who just tolerate the presence of everything around them without yep. really, like, caring about it. Yeah, there's a little of that. It's a very strange relationship here in, in this film. And from, from scene one, I'm just like, oh, these are terrible people who are in a terrible yeah. relationship. 
And I'm not 100% certain that they realize they're in a terrible relationship. Yeah. I think they think that this is just how people live. I think they both realize it's awful, and that's why at the end of every scene they're in, they're like, let's make a go of it. <laughs> let's let's, let's have make another a go. conversation about whether or not we should just go our separate ways. Yeah. But that's then a, a storyline that plays out over the course yeah, of this thing. Yeah. So they get together at home. They pour some whiskeys. Mm-hmm. They have a very awkward attempt at having like some sexual relations. Yep. It's not going well for McQueen. He starts having like jail PTSD. Yeah. Starts like muttering like it does something to you. Or does something, something like to you in there. And she's all does. like giving him the classic like, oh, just settle down. Like we've got all night. You'll get it up eventually. I'm yeah. sure. Blah, blah, blah. And he's I don't I don't know what it's, if it's going to work out. That bone will come to roast. You yeah, know, I'm just like uh, he might be too fucked up for you guys to go on having a relationship fucking like Rolling Thunder style where that guy came back from Nam just too, too messed up. And then he had to go yeah. live out in the murder shed for a while. Sometimes you got to, man. Yeah. But turns out it, it's fine here because we go from him having troubles to smash cut to him cooking eggs and whistling. Yeah. I'm just like, he seems fine now. Fucking pussy cures everything, I guess. Yep. Slept it off, you know. And got a little action and now he's fucking right as rain yeah. go forward he was cooking up a storm there huh? cooking up a storm and there's a thing that happens in this scene here where he's cooking breakfast it happens in a lot of movies that mm-hmm. i see that always really really annoys me what and that just is really grosses me out when somebody's just like cooking up a breakfast got a lot of stuff going on and then the old bottle of ketchup just makes an mm. appearance and then they just start dumping a bunch of ketchup all over and all this shit they're fucking shit. cooking yeah. it's just like First of all, ketchup's fucking disgusting, like, for the uses, the normal uses. And then, like, to dump it all over a bunch of fucking eggs you're scrambling up in, like, a fucking hash or whatever, yeah. like, triple fucking disgusting. There's always way too much ketchup going in there. It's not yeah. like a you can dole out the proportion of what you wanted if you did want it. No. It's like, it's hey, just, eight-year-old kid, do it however way you want to. Fucking grab a bottle of hot sauce, if anything. Yeah. Why in movies are people always grabbing bottles of ketchup when they're cooking breakfast? If, I, if I'm cooking, Some I got... fucking Cholula or something in if there. If I got the skillet going, yeah. I'm I just have never pap, 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 in hot real sauce. life seen anybody cooking pap, with pap, a pap, bottle pap, of ketchup. No. But in movies, people constantly cooking with a bottle of ketchup. I just wonder if this is just like a... A white person thing from the seventies that's gone out like making jello molds Maybe. or whatever. So if so, thank God. If this used to actually be a real thing, really bothers me. Guess how it's like white folks use kale now. <laughs> Ketchup is the original kale. I'm right there right there with you. Put it put it on a shirt. It makes perfect sense. Put it on a shirt. Um my next bullet point here is Oh, real quick. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Uh during all that sexy stuff and like the water scene. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect part for you to take notice of the soothing sounds provided to you by Rashida Jones' father. Oh, okay. Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones is uh, doing the soundtrack? He's doing the thing? sound here, yeah. I had no idea. It's not uh, Peck and Paw's usual sound guy. Right. It's, uh, I forget what that guy's name is, but uh, fucking McQueen was like, bro, 72. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to make this shit modern. You jazz this shit You need up to meet this guy. That's going to make a bunch of badass Michael Jackson records in a couple years. Yeah. His name is Quincy Jones. And then fuck a hot daughter into his wife. Correct. And then also make Fresh Prince. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a career right there. Those that's three things? Full life. Like, come on, man. But I, I, I do want to make a note of the soundtrack. 
because it's not the usual Western soundtrack. No, and definitely you get, not. Yeah, you get the jazzy, the, yeah, jazzy sixties sort of caper, early sounding, 70s, right? Yeah, shit, a little bit. But at, oh, all in all, I like it. I think it's a cool score. I yeah, think it does a good job. I, I didn't notice it that much, but I did notice like the jazzy sixtiness. Yeah, to it, like, it's every every once in a while. It's uh, it's a little synth forward, which was new at the time, oh, but wow. you big know, shit. he's big shit right there. They're doing cool stuff. I dig it. Uh, the next big scene, I think I have. I this, this, my notes are a little bit sparse here in the early thing as I settled into the movie. Yeah, uh, he's meeting with Ben Johnson to uh, talk about the big thing. And they seem to be on the river walk in San Antonio. Oh, Bainan, yeah, yeah, where yeah. Where Jan- Ben Johnson's on a boat in that shitty little river walk, yeah. just eating like an actual like meal. knife and fork on a like meal on a yeah. plate meal, like on one of those stupid paddle boats. Yep. Was that a thing that existed? Like this is where you get a churro or a corn dog out in fucking. This tourist trap shit down on the guess. river. You could, if you're a rich guy, you could sit down and have a fucking fancy yeah. meal that looks like it just came from a five star hotel room service. It's fucking. And also, like, why would you want to? You're like smelling the river and shit. Like, there's probably like fucking smell, flies dude. buzzing around. It seems like a terrible place to have a sit down meal. Like, it's a huge terrorist trap. Terrorist. It's a huge uh, terrorist tourist. Trap probably too. Tourist you trap. Set some bombs off in there. It'd Could be all that. over the news. And I'm sure it smells great now, but yeah, back in '72, like, oh, uh, it couldn't have smelled good. Fucking terrible. Ugh. But either way, they're like hashing out the fucking particulars of this. He's like, "This is my mustachioed yeah. brother. You will deal with him from now on, and not me." These are the fucking two scumbags you're gonna work with. One of them is Salazzo from The Godfather. The other one is just some blank-faced fucking yeah. college football player-looking twit. Oh, by the way, they're not even on this boat. They're on another <laughs> boat. Right, but they turn around and nod like, hey, uh, it's us. The queen's like, you know what? I'd really prefer to use my own guys because these guys seem like total yeah. morons just on first sight. But then Ben Johnson's like, nope, nope, nay, nay. He's like, seems You're on the like hook for me. I got you out of that jail. Seems as if one of these guys could get me killed, and the other guy could try to kill me. Yeah, this was very questionable. What the, these guys' relationship is to Ben Johnson, like, and why no, he's like insisting that we use no, them. No, no, no. Two of my best guys, bro. You're good. Like the the one younger guy, like probably like his nephew or something. He's got to throw some work to, like his totally. fucking loser nephew. Totally. But, but Rudy, fucking Rudy, like. Rudy's a madman. You talk to that guy for five seconds, you can't and I'd be, be a like, legit businessman hanging around with Rudy. Rudy. Like he's that. We talk to a lot of people drunkenly at the bar, and he's right. that guy that comes in with that energy where it's like, oh, yeah, oh, uh, he's bringing Rudy energy. Cops are going to be involved. Yeah. I, you know, uh, I'm just gonna. On. I'll be friendly enough to you, but let's let's get this over with as quick yeah, as possible. I'm going to try to avoid you as much as I can, but somebody's not going to be as patient as me. They're going to tell you to get the fuck away from them. Yeah. You're going to get all offended. Yeah. There's going to be fucking rib bones getting thrown all around the bar oh, and then maybe shots God. fired. You hate to see that. Fucking, I was at the Hooters the other day yeah. sitting and talking to uh, our friend at the Hooters. Mm-hmm. 
fucking shots fired. Shots rang out in the Memphis night. Suddenly there was police fucking everywhere. What? Across the street, somebody linked like 20 shots in the Bar Louie parking lot. What? And then there was just fucking squad cars everywhere. I guess they like Jesus got away and they didn't Christ. catch them. They were canvassing the area. A couple officers came through the Hooters and were like looking around, like asking questions. And we were like, what night was Nobody this? ran over here after fucking shooting all that shit. I think it was like Friday night. Good God. What kind of way is that? Weird, to wild stuff. Weird, just wild trying to, stuff. Just trying to get some fucking chicken wings after a just, long day working in the yeah. kitchen and, and a fucking, talk to my friends at the Hooters. And a 52-ounce Modelo, you know? Also, now there are multiple girls out on the floor waitressing at the Hooters who are former employees of mine. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so it's like they're all uh, in COVID times. Reverting back to reverting back to the service industry and Hooters in specific, uh, but yeah, fucking, we get we we learn that we're gonna have to do the heist, and then we start getting planning the heist scenes. Yeah, these are all the scenes Doing that we didn't get in Stone Cold with Brian Bosworth. No, when they decided to rob a bank, and then yeah. smash cut to them having an elaborate plan to rob yeah. a bank yeah. somehow, yeah. even though they weren't bank robbers. Yeah, these guys clearly pros. We're getting like their case in the joint. They're they're marking down schedules. They're getting. City plans. They come up with a solid plan here. Oh, I'm loving. I would argue a lot of the things going on in this fucking this 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 robbery right here. I would argue less elaborate than Harley Davidson on the marble. Yeah, man. sure. Keep it simple, fucking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we get to the robbery here. The plan's basically like the dudes are going to rob the bank. While they're robbing it, McQueen's going to fucking get down in the sewers, cut electricity to, like, the whole block so there's not any fucking alarms, there's not any fucking cameras, nobody can not, be tipped off. Not just where the bank is, but, like, the next no, yeah, block like over, the, too, to make it look like fucking rolling brownouts or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. Also, they've planted a bunch of just, like, bundles of dynamite all around town to just yeah. explode when they're trying to get away. So they're like, there's pure chaos happening everywhere. And, like, yeah. nobody's going to be paying attention to their getaway. That's a fucking genius thing I haven't seen in, like, any other bank robbery scene in a fucking movie. That's a genius thing I haven't seen since Keith Ledger thought of it in Batman. Okay, I don't, I don't think he had sticks of dynamite hung around everywhere in Batman, did he? I don't know. No, that didn't happen. Those movies are so long, I can't remember what happened. But anyway, this is a a very well-planned robbery that should go off, except Mm -hmm. fucking like in Heat, we got a fucking hothead on the crew. That fucking blank-faced young turd who's probably Ben Johnson's nephew or whatever gets an itchy trigger finger, fucking blows away the old man security cop for no fucking reason. Which, as soon as they get in, they fucking pistol whip this guy, and he's on the floor. They get everybody ever. And then he's just laying there, sort of, like, bloodied, but, like, slowly waking up directly yeah. next to his gun. He and makes one guy move. just keeps looking at him over and over again. Like, six or seven times, he looks at him like, oh, yeah. he's waking up, and yeah. he's still right next to his gun. Go over there and kick the fucking gun away from him, man. Yeah. That's all you gotta do. You don't gotta wait three minutes for him to fully regain consciousness. Get his hand on his gun so that you got an excuse to fucking shoot him. Or just hit him in the face with your gun again. This is not professional fucking shit. If Robert De Niro from fucking Heat was in charge of this, like, this guy would be fucking cut out of this crew. They'd be fucking cutthroat murdering him. Oh, if she's like the wind was on this bank heist crew, you know? Patrick Swayze. He'd be be pissed, bro. But uh, that's how they play it. That's how Rudy plays it, at least. Because they get the fucking money. They hop in a getaway car. They're fucking tearing ass out of town 
Yep. Rudy's like, hey, what's that over there? And shoots him in the dick like four times. Yeah. Opens the passenger door and kicks him Just out of the fucking moving car. Right. This out. is where you learn that Rudy's a real operator type. Like this guy, he's moving forward. He's yep. not going to waste any time. Nope. He's barreling ahead. He knows what he's fucking doing. Yeah, Rudy. Rudy's a career man here. After they fucking cut the electricity, this McQueen and fucking Carol, old uh, McGraw, are planting some bombs. We get a real tense scene here where, like, one of the bombs goes off, and then they're trying to get away, but then, like, fucking crosswalk thing happens where the little, like, school marm comes out yeah. with a stop sign, and we got yeah. all these little kids, and they're like, oh, ticking clock, ticking clock. Another bomb's about to go off. These fucking little kids keep getting in front of us. Goddamn And kids. then it just gets too... Too close to the explosion, and McQueen's got a tear ass, and we just get some of that classic Steve McQueen driving a car all crazy shit going yeah, on here. He loves doing that. I love any of the car stunt work in this movie. We're just tearing ass around corners, like, and yeah. it's, it's all it's all very fun. They're smashing into things, smashing into other cars. Explosions are going off in Hammer all fucking down. directions. It's always fun watching these because, like, y'all take it for granted the fact that we have power steering now. Well, oh. you didn't back then. Wow. When you were I think fucking I take it for granted. I don't three, even know what powered steering does for me. 350 ponies under the hood, Ooh. and you're just fucking... Just put, fighting it's all car. arm, man. Just all arm. Car. And I love when you get to see these guys just like... And it's all these multiple hand grabs at the wheel. Great shit. It's cool visual. A lot of fun. You don't get it anymore. They get away. Rudy gets away. They eventually get to the meetup point. McQueen has seen fucking old dead what guy on the side of the road when they were tearing it. Oh, he knows. So he knows Rudy's about to fucking try to double cross him too. He's ready for it. He's got his fucking gun all s- snuck somewhere. I don't know. I think he's like dramatically yeah. got like a coat draped over one arm or something and yeah, his gun under it something. Get what it Some is. Classic shit. Yeah, he's like, I'll let you show your colors. They first. show up and Rudy's like, hey, I had to kill that other guy and I'm going to kill you too, motherfucker. Steve McQueen outdraws him, though, yeah, fucking duh. lights up his chest. He's a military man, that Steve McQueen. Rudy, though, this guy's got it figured out, like we said. He's yeah, fucking yeah. got a bulletproof vest on. Yep. McQueen's trying to give him a headshot, but he's not good enough to do it. Just nope. gets him, like, in the fucking neck or shoulder area a little bit. The clavicle. Like, uh, that's good enough, probably. Probably I'm sure he's dead. probably dead. He already told me when we were planning this heist he wasn't going to wear a bulletproof vest. So I'm sure all those times I shot him in the heart did it. I should believe him. I'm not going to have to worry about Rudy again for the rest of this whole movie. Message to you, Rudy. And this is too, like, when Rudy fucking double-crosses the guy in the car, and then Rudy gets that shot Jackson in the clavicle, like... Jackson is the guy in Jackson. the car. Jackson's dead. Yeah. Crazy fucking fake-ass-looking red blood in this movie for oh, some reason. Oh, yeah. It's like the fakest, the blood reddest looks. blood I've ever seen. Which is weird, because it's, it's the like, rest of the ketchup that McQueen didn't use on the eggs. Yeah, like, we watched fucking Wild Bunch that was made years before this, and he seemed to have the blood situation figured out on that one. I wasn't like, why does all this blood look so outrageously fake? Yeah. What's what's wrong with the set of this one, where uh, his, his blood... <laughs> did he lose his blood guy? Like, he had to fucking find a new blood guy last minute or something? His blood looks fucking horrible in this movie. Did they make it campy for, like... Ratings, ratings purposes things, back then? I don't, I don't really know. I think if it's red, they're not going to cut you any slacks on that. Like, the only way you could do that is if you make it, like, green or something, and you're like, it's not a human. It's like robots for killing or whatever. Yeah. That's yeah. why Ridley Scott's got all that, that milky cream coming out of all those fucking uh, <laughs> robot characters Androids, in these movies. Yeah. yeah. 
Always got that milky cream. Ugh. Keep that rating down. Oh, Bishop got killed. His body's oozing jism. Everywhere. It's everywhere. Everybody's double-crossing everybody, though. This fucking thing got out of control. Now fucking McGraw and McQueen are arguing in the car again about whether they should just tear ass out of town or it's whether... It's the last thing they need. They should meet up with Ben Johnson. There's more strife on their relationship. Yeah, and McQueen's like, listen, I don't know who's for us, who's against us. I'm right. not going to be the guy who reneges on this deal. We're going to go meet Ben Johnson. Yep. All your protests are fucking in the toilet because I'm the man of this relationship. Yeah. Uh, I fucking say what we do. Little uh, does he know, she wants to avoid it because she's got a double cross planned as well, and she's supposed to shoot this motherfucker in the back when they get to the Ben Johnson meeting. What? This is when this is when my notes start getting a little bit more detailed because I, I fucking sat down to this movie. Mine too. Just in the in you know the, I went the same way. It, not in the mood to actually pay attention to a real movie, and yeah. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to fucking buckle down and fucking suffer i know i'm gonna keep finding myself like digging in my phone and like oh shit i wasn't paying attention but once the robbery happens like boom sucked in i was like in for the rest of this movie and like fuck i am in the mood to fucking watch a real ass movie that's a great point you got me the getaway you got me yeah i even uh did it in two sittings and made it to just after the bank scene for like my my first mm-hmm. sit through yeah yeah but i was invested after that because right. i started the same way where i was like ah i got a lot of drinks in me right. eh. i just wanted to put on like an 80s slasher uh, movie and yeah, turn my brain pretty off. much yeah like who's the titties in this one uh. but like this one yeah as soon as that bank heist happens you're like well here we go yeah and this the scene where they meet ben johnson's fucking kind of comes as a shock like first time i saw this movie i didn't see it coming that carol was going to creep in and have a gun pointed no. at McQueen's back and be no. like, oh shit, she had to agree not only to fuck this dude, but also she had to agree to kill her husband once he got out. And you start to wonder, like, well then why would she even want him out if she's agreed? So it's just like, some shit had to have gone down between fucking Ben Johnson and Allie McGraw. Yeah. Behind the scenes, in between the lines here, like, what he- exactly is the nature of this relationship between the two of them? Is it not? Oh, he doesn't, he mentions it later, doesn't he? Who? A fucking Doc. Yeah. McQueen. I mean, he mentions it over and over again throughout the rest of this movie. But, like, after he this points. Shit happens, he, and rightly so. He points out specifically, like, look, I know you two had a relationship in the past. Yeah. We're like, you had to have because yeah. clearly shit got real there for a minute. She doesn't shoot yeah. McQueen in the back. She no. decides to fucking shoot Ben Johnson. But, like, he knows and we know. It was just like. And she, you could see it all over her face. She's fucked up about it. He's like, wait a second. She wasn't sure who she was going to shoot when yeah. she came in this room. It was 50-50. Yeah. Yeah, it could have gone either way there. So then we get that scene after, like, they kill him and take the money and leave. That's real fucking good. Where yeah. He just pulls over the car on the side of the road to, like, deal with what happened. Yep. And he's just slapping her in the face over and over again. Yeah. yeah. And normally it's, like, pretty pretty rough to, like... Watch a chick get slapped around in a fucking yeah. movie. But like she here, had it coming. Here it's just like full on like she had it coming. Yeah. And McQueen's like playing it fucking real fucking natural. Like he seems legit fucking mad here. Yeah. And like this is I think the first scene where just like sort of that chemistry between them bubbles up where famously fucking McGraw went into this movie as like the girlfriend of the producer or the head of the studio or whatever. Oh. And she came out of the movie fucking Steve McQueen instead. Nice. So like some shit went down between them yeah. during the filming of this and you're getting all this like 
infidelity shit going on because she's supposed to be fucking the producer, not fucking the star. Oh. And I think a lot of that energy just starts playing into these fucking scenes for real between the two of them. As for the rest of this movie, we're just, you know, talking about the politics of what she had to do to get him out of jail. Like if you're some, how far she exactly went. If you're some fat money having producer and like you got a oh, yeah. supermodel mm-hmm. girlfriend. Like, why would you be like, yeah, you want to be in a movie with Steve McQueen? Yeah, sure. And I like, mean, she, that dude's cool she as was fuck. in that love story movie before this. Yeah. But like, other than that, nothing. So I think like Sybil Shepard was originally supposed to be in this. And then like somebody else, like this was like the fourth choice or whatever. Sybil Shepard before like, she was 50. Yeah, where it was just like, you know what? The producer's model girlfriend's going to be <laughs> the co-star now. Which one of them's the size of a house and in the innkeepers? Oh, no, we haven't gotten to Sally Struthers. Oh, oh in the innkeepers. Yeah. That was a... Uh, Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis, Tom yeah. Cruise's co-star in Top Gun, yeah. who, if you put the two of them together and see how they've aged right now, yeah. it tells a story. I like that. A story of how Scientology is real and fucking will help you. Yeah. Fucking look up your Church of Scientology if you want to live forever. I like how she was asked. Thetan's out your butt. She was asked, like, why don't you think you were asked to be in the new Top Gun? And she's like... Well, I'm really fat and old looking. Yeah, she fucking she seems like a cool chick. Like yeah. fucking cut to the chase. Like, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Look yeah. at me. I'm an old lady now. Like that doesn't happen in Hollywood. Yeah, she's like Tom Cruise. Quit yanking my dick, fucking Freak Hollywood reporter. Yeah. Um, after this, my next bullet is mustache guy goes to the vet. So this is when we cut to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Rudy has uh, yeah. found a veterinarian who he's holding at gunpoint and making yeah. him fix his fucking bullet wound. This is where we meet old Harold the veterinarian and Harold's wife Sally Struthers. Yeah. And this is just a weird dynamic that's going to play out through the rest of this fucking yeah. movie. Oh, there's a there's a quick little jump scene here too where they show like Benyon's boys and like they know right, something's right. something's afoot. The brother is going to be hunting McQueen down and McGraw down for the rest of this movie. Rudy is going to be hunting them down for the rest of this movie. The cops are going to start hunting them down. We got we just got it's a getaway. Yeah. It's a real getaway they're attempting. But yeah, Rudy Rudy finds the vet. He's like, "I got to get somebody to fix me up." And he's like, "Veterinarian. Good enough." Makes sense. Hey, wait. He's got a juggy blonde wife. I mm. could uh force these people to drive me around at gunpoint and then I could just paw all over the wife yeah. all, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's the dynamic which Seems like it should be sort of like a horror movie thing, like like a sort of Straw Dogs thing. Right. Say, talk about another Peck and Paw movie where the the guy is just a boiling tea kettle and things keep happening to his wife and eventually. But no, the weird twist here is from scene one, the wife is into it. Yeah, she's, she's... fucking down to just cuck her husband with a psycho criminal mm-hmm. who busts into their home mm-hmm. and points a gun in their faces. Sally Struthers is weird. Her character is completely fucking out there, like nothing I've seen in any fucking movie. Right. And it's entertaining as hell from this point forward. And I also like that she brings the most darling little black kitten to the table with That's her. That's true. That Rudy really bonds with. Who he? I later learn that she she's she's named 
poor little Harold. Yep. <laughs> so her her husband's named Harold. Her little cat's named Poor, poor Little, little Harold because it's got the fucking broken paw or whatever. You can just tell this is a woman who doesn't respect her husband in, in the, the least. slightest. No, has been miserable for years and has just been praying for waiting, something like this to come along. Waiting for a Rudy to come around. Listen, and man, breathe the life. He's got her. a gun. I gotta fuck him in front of you throughout this entire movie. I got no other choice. Yeah, sure, I'm giggling and laughing and That's having just fun where with it we're the whole at time. But lives. come on, make yeah. the best of a situation. You don't want to be a glower, Gus. Yeah, we've got enough bad things going on. Got to make the best of this shit. When life gives you a hostage situation, yeah, uh-huh. see how many times you can get off. Right. That's the old fucking, age. So he's he's poking at her. He's fucking. He hates when she wears bras. Oh, I yeah. I don't think he even understands what a bra is no. at first. He He's keeps calling it that thing. Going, like, what, what is, is that, that thing? Uh, what is uh, that? Get rid of that. I don't like it. How come I can't feel your nipple? <laughs> Great dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> Between fucking Rudy and Sally Struthers. Oh, it's palpable, man. You can, yeah, movie. you can taste Best it. Best shit in the movie. Uh, next scene, I think I got here, Steve McQueen's train time, man. tearing ass around a parking garage, just squealing tires. I was going to say to you, I wanted to bring this one up particularly <laughs> because it's so fucking throwaway. They're like, all right, everybody agrees. Like the whole end game here is we're all going to fucking El Paso. And like, that's where we're going to meet El Paso. Then get down to old Mexico. It's like, there's a shit ton of money here. El Paso is going to have 500 grand in that bag. Is that what we established? 500,000. It's supposed to be 700. 1972 monies. It's supposed to be $750,000. We find out Banyan's got a brother that worked at the bank and they already stole that 250 or some shit. There's lots of double crosses. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter. They got 500. They got enough to keep moving around, but they want to save as much as possible. Uh, Fucking. Everybody's ready to go here. So old girls going to the train station. Steve McQueen's like, <sighs> from this scene forward, everybody else gets to drive the car except <laughs> That's me. exactly what it is. So I guess I'm just going to do drive. burnouts in the fucking parking lot. Yeah. This is a good, like, three or four yeah. minutes we get of him just taking it around fucking corners <laughs> for no reason. Like, we don't need to see the whole yeah. process of him parking the car. And we get that he's parking the car. It's really him he driving. Can cut away. He's just making hard left turn after hard left turn just to let people know he can. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's sitting in the middle of a crowded train station with this bag. We're getting some tension about like people being around, her being uncomfortable. Yeah. The, was, somebody could come in and see her at any moment. One of the fucking. Ben Johnson's men, fucking a, a cop or whatever. Any second. It's very tense. Very tense. She makes the big mistake of helping some con man. Big mistake. Let her put the fucking bag in, in one of the train station yep. lockers. Yep. This, is, this is as Steve McQueen tells her later. Classic con job right here. It's, you can't be talking to people hanging around the train station lockers. There's so much of this movie that just you can find... The fingerprints all over Walter Hill's, uh, what's the one he did with Ryan O'Neill? Oh, The Driver? The Driver. Right, yeah. So much There's of this There's a lot of Driver movie, in here, man. that's for fucking sure. <clears throat> the, the main characters that don't say shit. Yeah. All the unnecessary tearing ass around corners scenes. Because they can. Yeah, for real, for real. Yeah, this scene is especially, though, like with the train station yeah. and the lockers They do both have train station shit. locker scenes. That's right, fucking dropping off shit. Yeah, fucking, she's sitting at the bar with some yokel. McQueen's finally, after just three or four hours of tearing ass around the fucking parking garage, has finally had had enough fun to go and find her. They're going to get on the train. 
And this is when, yeah, this guy's asking her if she's fucking Mormon and shit and talking about how everybody he comes from is Mormon. He's like, I'm the one of four people in Utah that isn't Mormon. And then, like, McQueen rolls up looking all slick in a suit, and it's yeah. clearly, like, her man. And this guy yeah. isn't like, oh, my mistake. He keeps, like, pushing it. Like, so what train are you going to be on and yep. stuff? It's like, come yep. on, you're a fucking 19-year-old kid. This is Steve McQueen. Like, it ain't happening, man. It's great, though, because it speaks more to their dynamic where, like, maybe they were hot and heavy at some point, but, like, this dude went to jail, and their their <laughs> relationship... Pure weirdness. Suffered something. It's pure weirdness now. That's just, yeah. it's It don't look like there's no coming back from it, you know? So they find out the fucking bag's missing. They're fucking frantically looking all around for this guy who probably yeah. has the bag. The soundtrack is going crazier. Not the like Queen's thinking about slapping. Not her the again. music, but the actual sound design. They just yeah. have the sound of babies crying, like yeah. way too loud. And then like actually I think they've got like multiple babies crying at like different levels, just like making like a cacophony of babies yeah. crying sounds. This- and it really was just making me want to tear out of my skin. Yeah. <laughs> like the fucking like tension and the frantic panic of this scene and all the baby sounds it was getting to me it's every- like the fucking firecracker scene in boogie nights every time it. that like they have to like point out like mcqueen's trying to keep cool but he's fucking losing it uh-huh. they do such a beautiful job like it's the same way i feel like the noises and like the mm-hmm. jar just focus just focus yeah. just focus it's getting, louder, it's getting louder it's getting louder it's getting louder and you're, I, 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 I can't do this anymore like fucking old tom rock last week was talking about how they paid attention to making each different gun sound the way the guns are supposed to sound and yeah. shit. Sound design, clearly something Peck and Paws always putting his fingerprints on. It fucking works, though, man. It's such yeah, a 100%. tasty little extra layer that people just don't pay attention to. So they catch fucking sight of cowboy hat guy who stole the fucking money. He catches mm-hmm. sight of them. A little foot chase happens. McQueen follows him onto a train. He thinks he lost him, though. He's sitting there smiling goes through the bag, sees that there's a whole bunch of fucking money in there. Roughly $500,000 Super fucking smiling. Takes like a brick of cash out, sticks it in his coat pocket, and then is sort of just hugging the rest of it on his lap like fucking it was old Chester's lucky day today. Yeah. Until. Until Steve McQueen shows up around the corner and is like, yo, I got on the same train as you, you dumb idiot. I'm going to elbow you in the temple seven times in a row really yeah. brutally now until you're unconscious and permanently brain damaged for the rest of your life yeah which he ended up being probably i gotta yeah. say so yeah. then he's sitting next to the guy fucking props his cowboy hat down over his head yeah, acting he's like he's just napping off. he's yeah. playing it fucking casual here yeah. mcqueen's got his money back no problem i thought this was a fun little like chase train sequence in the Mm -hmm. middle of the movie that didn't really have much to do with the rest of the movie though there was just like a clearly just like a you know what this is kind of slow there in the middle we got to find some other way to throw some more action there it keep that second act moving we have like some guys steal their money and then like a fight on a train or something it works so well because like it it plays up more of the the fucking paranoia and the insecurities that Steve McQueen comes out oh, of that yeah. jail with. Everybody he's come in contact he, with has tried to stab him in the back he at this point. doesn't trust anyone. Like, clearly doesn't even trust his own wife. He clearly doesn't have any friends no. anymore. He's I, just... Yeah, I get the feeling he had no friends oh, ever. There's a very good chance. <laughs> ever. But it's always just him against the world. And this is just another scene. And you can tell just the extra gear that guy has where he just... 
it's not just, hey, I got to get the money back. It's like, I'm going to beat this guy up. No one's going to see it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to make it look like we're hanging out. Calm, cool, and collected. Yeah, yeah much like fucking driver walter hill that character fucking him and mcgraw both like they go through some crazy shit throughout this movie both of them stone-faced the whole time like they never fucking lose their shit or lose their focus mcgraw loses her shit but it's only when it's just her yeah it's fucking relationship shit yeah right during when the action's going down she's fucking like She's doing all the driving for the rest of the yeah. movie. She's any some other, shooting. Any other Tom She's Dick or Harry. She's fucking ride or die, man. Right. Fucking hot-ass like, chick will, like, shoot people for you. Yeah. The doctor's found a good woman here. He's done all right for He's himself. done all right for himself. Also, in this scene, uh, there's the little kids with the cap guns and cowboy yeah. hats yeah. shooting everybody and yelling, stick them up. And then McQueen grabs they got, the they got grabs, sport guns. grabs the little kid by the wrist, yeah. tells him he's going to break his fucking arm. And this is, ends up being how the cops find him because... These kids find their mom. They go to the police. Old boy fucking wakes up screaming because he's been his face has been bludgeoned in. Yeah, the little kids identify Doc's face. They're like, "Yeah, that's the guy." So now they he's got their worried because he can feel his brain swelling inside <laughs> okay. of his skull. A little, a little trickling out of my right ear here. I got CTE. So then, kids. for the rest of this movie, because of this shit, fucking McQueen's face is all over the fucking news. Yeah. Everywhere they go, people are recognizing him, and there's there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. It, it gets it tenser ups, and tenser. It ups the ante so yeah. goddamn much. So he's already on this train. He's supposed to be going to El Paso, but this train that uh, the fucking bag robber, he's going to Alpine, Texas. Mm-hmm. So he last second, he gets off the train because he can't find the dude. Last second ducks back on before he even knocks him out. Mm-hmm. And then that's when McGraw's like, well, I'll just fucking wait here just again. Sit here. <laughs> like, you know. She's waiting for him. He had to wait for her. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Tit right. For tat. Yeah, this yeah. is a marriage. Well, she had to wait for him to get out of jail. That's that's probably true. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to say who waited first. She had to, like, fuck that dude and stuff. Yeah, there's, there's a little of that, too. Give and take. So, saying. fucking McQueen's like, all right, now I got to take, I got to get off. I got to take this other shuttle from Alpine back to wherever the fuck we were. Yeah, that's the, the timelines here of him hopping trains to get back to thing is, is a thing that I wasn't clear on. I was like, how long was she sitting there waiting for him to get back? This is the shit that always just like gives me panic attacks because I'm like, it's 1972. Right. They, they don't have cell phones. Not, not even beepers. He'll like, never find that woman again. Like, That's you, it. If you wander off into a different room as somebody, like chances are you're just never going to see them again in your life. Yeah. Like, that's, that's how it was back in the day. As far as I remember. <laughs> in between scenes of them like running around, though, we'll go back to like fucking Sally Struthers just cucking old Harold here every once in a while. It just keeps getting more and more extreme. Like, yeah. The next scene, it's not just like him pawing on her in the car. The next one is just literally like they're in bed together post-fucking and Harold's like tied, tied up to a watching chair them. watching them. Facing their bed. And he just, this guy just says nothing and does nothing through the rest of the movie. He other kills than it. Drive them around and watch them fuck each other. And his face. While she just giggles and laughs at he's him. He's doing it all, man. Yeah. It's great fucking shit here. And like, once again, you just feel like this is leading up and leading up to like the big Harold's revenge. But yeah. no, that's not the movie we're watching. Harold's going to kill Rudy he when he gets get a to chance. He fillet Rudy and his wife at any point. And also, this is going. Sally Struthers keeps like jacking off Rudy's gun. Yes, and like has yes. has had like millions of moments to just take the gun and shoot Rudy. Right. At any point, this could end. She could just 
take right. care of this. But at one point, she's pointing the gun at Harold, going like bang, 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 laughing, yeah, right. while he's just once again taking yeah. her bra off of her, going like Rudy is, going like get this thing off. Why do you keep putting this back on? Yeah. So yeah, this woman ultimate betrayal. Maybe he's betrayed someone worse than any one character I've ever seen in any movie ever. Scott! Brother! Help me! Long live the king. Yeah, there's one million knives in Harold's back here. Yeah, no allegiance whatsoever. No, none. Yeah. At no point does she show even the slightest bit of remorse or like it never crosses her mind like, hey, maybe I should get us out of this situation yeah. by taking his gun from him, which he's just gladly handing to me whenever I want it now. Yeah. And all fairness, though, like pure evil, this woman, all Harold's like. 46 Harold's a drip 46 going on 72 life with Harold in that like ramshackle garage they were doing veterinary work out of didn't seem pretty great but I'm also gonna say like I don't see Harold as being a guy who ever had any glory years like she knew what she was signing up for when she fucking married this drip from the beginning you gotta lay in your bed now you can't be fucking murderers in front of your husband and laughing at him about it right he clearly started forcing himself on her sexually when he was like 42 and she was 15 right there you go and now it's just his wife you know that's 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 life that's how you did it back then (laughs) right that's that's just life man that's and some southern states called l'amour my man (laughs) lay a more my friend uh, so then we get the cool scene here where McQueen and McGraw are in some small town. He's trying to like buy some electronics or something, but like oh, he needs a radio because talking about him on the radio. So he keeps like shutting the radios off so people can't hear it. But then it gets on all the TVs and his face is just everywhere. So he's like, I got to pop next door to this gun shop and fucking nah, steal a big fucking a shotgun now because shit's about to go crazy, Yeah, which it does. The cops show up. Right when he gets his hands on this fucking shotgun. And then he just starts shotgunning everything into oblivion. A lot like that wild gun sh- or wild bunch shotgunning that Tom Rock was screaming about last week. Yeah. Where it's just like pump action, boom, boom, boom. boom. Like yeah. he's just disintegrating cop cars with this shotgun, essentially. He, the, man, like awesome fucking action here. All of this shit with McQueen's so good because he never loses his fucking cool. And when he does lose his cool, it's in the same fashion it's every in the form time. Of a like, shotgun going on. Yeah, he just goes from like, I'm telling you nicely to I'm telling you a little louder and I'm shooting now. Mm-hmm. They get away by the skin of their teeth here. Um, and then we cut back to the couple and Rudy. And this is the scene where they're just driving in the car. He just starts throwing rib bones at him because they're yeah. all driving around eating ribs in a car. Yeah. And then Sally Struthers is like, you ruined my outfit. And he's like, I could do whatever I want because I do what makes me feel good. Yeah. And she's like, hell yeah, I love that. Yeah, she's like way into that. Big fucking food fight. And she's like, hell yeah, Rudy, me and you are right yeah. to die. But then he decides he gets mad about it. He's like, I don't like this fucking game anymore. Well, he, he hits her or he hits him in the bad class with yeah, the bag yeah, of french fries and then he's like 
This is after oh, he's just slapping her in the back of the head with like a greasy ass oh, fucking wait. rib bone. That's like, right. I'm an insane murderer. <laughs> this, is, this is insane murderer could snap at any moment and murder all of you. And Sally Struthers is so fucking dumb and traitorous. Yeah. She just doesn't seem to ever realize yeah. it, except for the little part of her that's like attracted to it. Right. Because like Who he is gets this woman. He gets pissed off, and she doesn't do like the "I'm sorry, please don't kill us." She's right. like, "Well, I don't get it. I just wanted to have fun <laughs> too." Sure, right. And meanwhile, Harold's just he's giving up. <laughs> like at no point is he going to speak up. Is he going to do anything? Yeah. He has just given Harold, up completely. Harold this knows. Man's soul has left his fucking body. Harold knows what Harold needs to do. That's right. Yeah, he certainly does. He knows. So what happened? They stopped for food. Uh, uh, Queen and McGrath to drive in, yeah. ordering some burgers and some shakes. But there are pictures everywhere now. The girl on the roller skates immediately fucking clocks them. They yeah. call the cops. They get in another fucking little chase here with fucking cop cars where McGraw's doing some excellent driving while McQueen's just hanging out the window doing some shotgunning, yep. shotgunning all these cop cars. Yep. Once again, great fucking chase shit. Great shotgunning of cars. Mm-hmm. Windows getting blown out. Tires getting blown out. Loving all this shit. It's good. It's good stuff here. Uh, what do we get? Uh, blah, blah, blah. I stopped paying attention for a couple seconds to like write something down or like refill a water or something. And then they were in the back of a garbage truck. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing they jumped in like a dumpster to try and avoid the cops. And then the garbage collector came. Oh, what happened? So they ended uh, up in the back of a garbage ooh, truck. They make dock. They drive off. Uh, what is it for? Shoot the cops. Blah, blah, blah. He tells her, punch it, baby. Oh, they ditched the car in the alley, right? And the cops are like... Punch it, baby's a cool line. They're they're going through the alleys, like, looking for them, and they're like, let's hide out in this dumpster. And right, and that's when the garbage truck is like, well, this happens to be the exact time when I empty yeah. said dumpster. So now we've just got, like, basically the trash compactor scene from Star Wars. Yeah. We're like... More and more trash keeps getting and putting this thing and compacted. And they're trying to like build up walls between them and getting crushed. And- 3PO! <laughs> R2! R2! Shut down all the fucking trash compactors! All the dick R2! R2! All the fucking trash compactors on the detention level! Oh shit, there's more trash coming in! And I got questions about the logistics of this, because in the scene where they go out to the garbage dump and this guy unloads all the garbage out of the truck, this thing is packed to the brim. Yeah. Fully fucking compacted, just tight, tight blocka. There's no way they're not suffocated in there, right? Like, That's what I was thinking. I was how like, are they able to breathe even if I they're not suffocated in and, the middle of all that just compacted right. trash? And even if I didn't, like, I would have just died of a full-on like panic attack inside right. of like <laughs> for sure. Like, oh, we definitely never address the fact that they've definitely both pissed themselves and shit themselves at this point. That's a movie yeah. totally glosses over any of that. Yeah, but they get dumped out of the back and then. Guy drives away, and then they're just in the middle of a garbage dump in the middle of Texas. Yep. Covered in trash, just like battered and bruised and bloodied. So they're like, time to have another argument about our relationship on top of this trash heap. Oh, oh, that fucking shot, though, where they get dumped out of the garbage truck. Uh Uh-huh. That's a practical effects stunt. That oh looks yeah, fucking great. That's a couple of people getting dumped Just out of a literally fucking garbage truck in a garbage truck full of garbage. So I guess you can breathe in there. <laughs> yeah, because two people were. 
Uh, all the while, Sally Struthers has checked into the hotel with old Rudy and Dr. Harold <laughs> oh, man. so that they can fuck some more in front yeah. of Dr. Harold. Uh-huh. Except but they he wake finally up. foils their plan. <laughs> he's not in the chair, is he? <laughs> no, he isn't. Oh, he's probably got the gun turned on him, doesn't he? Uh, we just, just casually as, as casual can be, just see that old poor old Harold, Dr. Harold has hung himself in the bathroom. We see as Rudy goes to take a shit right. in said bathroom. Next to his hanging body, nobody reacts to it. Nope. The movie doesn't address it. At just all. Hilarious, amazing faction. No one cares that Harold is dead. No. And we just move the fuck on. It's just Rudy... Taking a shit in a hotel room. What a with scene! A, with a grown man's dick swinging next what to his head scene. because he's hanging by his neck, and his wife naked in the next room. Yeah, could give a fuck. Yeah, she. Yeah, she doesn't say boo about it. Yeah, so that's in her fucking cut in there. Back to the fucking garbage dump. They're yeah. fucking. This toxic relationship is playing out. Petty grievances. These people should be worried about how they're going to get the fuck out of this fucking garbage dump where they're going from here. Yeah. Instead, they're talking about like who fucked who and yeah. when. What's the timeline? Right. Were you really going to turn on me or not? How far along? This is, I think, with the scene where he's just like, there had to have been more going on with you and this guy yeah. than just yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah. him once to like get me out of jail. Like, yeah. Clearly, fucking he got to you. And then she's like, well, at least I got to him too. Yeah, he's like, I had a party that liked it. And then they're like, all right, let's agree to fucking put this behind us, move forward. And there's just like a real romantic scene of them just with their arms around each other, walking out of a garbage dump covered in garbage. It's a real pretty shot. There's one thing, though, that you left out, which is super important. Mm. It's Mm. just as much as it is him being like, hey, I think you're still in love with that guy. And it's all his insecurities and stuff. She's like, bro, you went to jail and got soft. Right. She's she like, does she does hit yeah, him with that. She's yeah. like, you used to just kinda react and take charge. She's like, that's not the case anymore. Uh-huh. And I don't really think I'm into that guy. And just like as they're working out through all these jealousies and like who did what things, like it's just paralleled worth watching the whole worst case scenario of how this shit can go yeah. and how the feelings of it can affect you with Harold and Sally Struthers in the parallel storyline. And they really just, the two stories just really feed off each other in a really wonderful way. It's so good though. Cause it's like, it's sometimes like uh, women in these situations, like they use their sexuality for their advantage and then they get painted as whores in these movies. Yeah. She does not. She like Steve McQueen's in jail. Right. He does not get out of jail until he turns to her and says, right. Pay whatever he asks. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he knows what he's going to ask. Like sure. he, he knows. And so just the whole he's perverted thing, old man, Ben like, Johnson. And she's a hot dish of a lady. She only fucked that it's dude. It's going to turn to sex because McQueen told her to. And like in as many words. And right. And he's out now. And all he can be is like, can't believe you fucked that dude. And she's like, <laughs> bro, you said to do it, like, get over it. Meanwhile, Harold's just like, can't believe you fucked that dude. <laughs> Sally Struthers yeah. is like, I can. Yeah. I'm going to do it again. Meanwhile, Harold's doing his best Michael Hutchinson impersonation. <laughs> what more... did he hang himself with? Did we see in specific? Was it his belt? Uh, I would assume his would belt. Assume it was probably a belt. Yeah. Yeah. Poor old Harold. Hey, uh, one of Marilyn Manson's guitarists. Uh-huh. famously 
got fired from the Ernie Ball Guitar String Company okay. for uh, suffocating himself with a low E string in the bathroom while masturbating. While jerking off, huh? Yeah. So I guess somebody, oh, he survived had, somebody had to walk in Somebody on just that walked then. in yeah. and they're like, you can't be in... You can't really be associated yeah. with us or this company or yeah. even guitar strings anymore. And he was like, so what, bro? I'm going to play guitar for Marilyn Manson. Eggs on their face. Sperms on his face. Eggs and ketchup all over their face. What's a boy to do? So the next scene is the big showdown at the hotel. Big climactic fucking scene. They're going to some hotel in El Paso that's like, I don't know, the hotel from fucking John Wick or whatever. It's known as like the hotel that fucking like criminals go to and the family who runs it like hooks you up and keeps everything quiet or whatever. This is how Rudy knows that fucking old Doc and Carol are going to show up there. Not as good as the whore infested hotel from uh, Rolling Thunder. No, yeah, that yeah. was a great fucking hotel. That's one of my favorite hotels. A lot, a lot of whores got killed. In, uh, <laughs> Some of them lived. That fucking hotel. Some of them Some lived. Some of them lived. Handful of them lived, maybe. Uh, what do we got? We're, uh... So Rudy shows up at the hotel before yeah. them, sticks a gun in the face of the proprietor of the hotel, and is like, listen, man. Before him. Rudy gets there, though. Okay. Banyan's stooge. Benyon Stooge is there already? Yeah. I thought they didn't show up until oh, the shooting no. had already started. The, the mustachioed Clint Howard-looking weird fucker. Okay. He's there, and he's already just like, oh, I just need a room. And Laughlin's being like, oh, you can't bring women here late at night because like, I have issues that my family's trying to help me right, with. Right, right. We learned that was Laughlin is his name, you're saying? Jimmy Laughlin. Jimmy Laughlin is... Entrepreneur uh, and owner of Laughlin's Hotel. And also a drunk, so his family has to be with him at all times so he doesn't get back on the sauce and He's start a juicer. doing things. And he also likes here. to bet on the horses. Yeah, so Laughlin here, uh, played by... I was just looking it up as we were doing this. Uh, an actor named Dub Taylor... Who, uh, he's pretty cool. He's seen in like a million westerns all throughout like the history of westerns. Um, also was on Hee Haw a lot. But, oh yeah. Uh, most famously, what what I <laughs> what I immediately recognize him from, other than like, oh, I think that guy's in a bunch of westerns, is that he is one of the men in the Pace Picante sauce commercial. Who is he really? Realizes that. New York! He's one of the New York City New guys. York City? This cream cheese dip will win first prize with my secret ingredient. Paste picante sauce ain't no secret. I use paste in the queso dip. Just add paste to Velveeta cheese spread and microwave. Shoot! Paste picante sauce will loud up any dip. I got a secret ingredient. That stuff made in New York City! New York City! Pick up your party dips. Pick up the pace. That's one secret you ought to keep the lid on. <laughs> Probably one of his final roles, I would imagine. Other than Back to the Future 3, he's one of the like old men hanging around in the fucking uh, the bar all the time. He lived long enough to show up in a Law & Order, okay? Oh, good for him. <laughs> yeah, fucking Pace Picani Sauce New York City guy here is the one running this hotel. Oh, he was also in uh, Evening Shade. Ooh, that sounds very sexual. No, it's not. It's the really boring show that uh, Burt Reynolds was on. Burt Reynolds was on a show that wasn't very sexual? I told you. My parents made us watch it Saturday nights. It was awful. come on before Sisters on Saturday night? Oh, man, I don't know. I remember my stepmom. It was a CBS show, I was at my dad's house every Saturday night, and there was a show, Sisters, that she'd always have to watch. It was about, like, women in their early 40s who were sisters Uh, or whatever, and I'd always be like, 
oh, I'm going to kill. It was like an entire day of watching my dad angrily watch college football. And yeah. then she would watch Sisters. Yes. And he lived in like this podunk town so far away from anything or anyone. And I'd just be trapped there just wanting to hang myself like yeah. poor old Harold. Yeah. My mom used to watch a lot of China Beach. Oh, that's another one I don't really remember what it is, only I remember it like would come on after something I would watch and I'd be like, oh, fucking China Beach. All I, I know is like... I hate adult shows. Whenever I hear that song, Reflections of oh, the Way yeah, Life yeah, Is I'm like, oh, god damn it, my mom's gonna watch China Beach. No, no. Uh, so McQueen and McGraw show up. They get checked in by old Laughlin, who's already been told by Rudy, like, when they sh- get up, you tell me, and then I'm going to go fucking kill him. And if you don't, you, you, he's all dead. But he's cool about it. He's yeah. like, if you do what I say, Rudy's, I might even pay Rudy's you some money. Business. So they show up. They take some showers or whatever and get all that fucking... Uh, Room 318. Tire floor's empty. Yeah, they get all that fucking garbage dump stink off of them. Laughlin calls up Rudy and is like, yo, they here. So Rudy's like, Sally Struthers, fucking get some clothes on, girl. We're going to go kill some people together. You are now a career criminal with me. I like that they went and bought new clothes before they got to the hotel and showered. Oh, and they yeah. show up to the hotel Smart. in their new clothes Smart. already. I don't know still how. Still having garbage stink I, on I them. I don't know how they pulled all that off. <laughs> like, so Rudy tries to pull the scam where he has Sally Struthers knock on their fucking door and be like, room service one mint for a pillow and then when they open the door he's just gonna shoot him in the face but mcqueen realizes before this like yo where was laughlin's family they have to be near him at all times or he will instantly just start boozing and then like sucking dick for quarters down at the bus station like to go bet on the there's no way they would fucking be around not be around unless something was seriously wrong we got to get the fuck out of here they're ready for this ruse I like how he keeps calling him a juicer, too. (laughs) He's a juicer. Juicer, you don't hear that anymore. It makes you think like a dude on steroids these days. Yeah, that's how I always interpret it. He used to be a dude who's fucking on the sauce. Yeah, I'll bring that back. I'm not afraid. This This shit backfires on Rudy because McQueen's got like a second door to his hotel room. He sneaks up behind them. He fucking knocks Rudy on the back of the head. Oh, Jimmy's the lock. Pistol they got, whips that motherfucker. There's a, a door like, yeah, like that a, adjoins to the room other room. Right, yeah. Comes out the next room. Pistol whips him from behind. Then greatest part of the oh, movie right hell here. Yeah. Highlight of the entire film. Sally Struthers is just screaming and being loud and shrill and annoying. McQueen just gives her one quick left jab. No! <laughs> bah! Right to the fucking chin. And she's just knocked out. Down. Down goes Struthers. Cool fucking shit. So is this one fucking old Banyan's man just fucking pile into the place with machine guns and the whole place gets shot up crazy? Yeah, so as soon as uh, Doc and old girl get there, Benyon Stooge like calls up Benyon. He's like, yo, they're fucking here. It's like, all going down. This needs to happen. It's all happening. And he's like, well, it's convenient because the rest of our boys just showed up at the airport, so go pick them up. And then take them to the lobby to kill everybody. And they do. Yeah. These guys show up looking like real hill rods. Most of them have machine guns. They catch McQueen and McGraw right as they're trying to come down the stairs and leave. And we got a big time shootout. And it's really fucking cool. 
A lot of people get shotgunned by McQueen. Mm -hmm. The whole lobby of the place gets tore up by machine gun bullets. Yep. Fucking Ben Johnson's brother is in the elevator at one point, and McQueen shoots the cables of the elevator. Then he, like, fucking falls three fucking stories and hits on the ground real fucking hard. Yeah, that's a a cool little scene. Uh, At one point, they go upstairs, the fucking goons, and Sally Struthers has come back to... Oh, God. (laughs) And she's just going... Rudy, Rudy, have you seen Rudy? Because Rudy has also come to, and now he's yeah. stalking around for McQueen, and that one guy just goes, I ain't seen Rudy, you dumb broad. <laughs> and she keeps... She just, he hit me, he knocked me out, it hurt. Everybody's getting stop. slaughtered everywhere, it's insane. But this one guy like has enough wherewithal to be super annoyed at how fucking annoying Rudy. this bitch is and call her a dumb broad. <laughs> Like, clearly she was a lot to deal with on this set, and, oh, and this guy's just letting it out had on the scene. Been. Like, this guy doesn't have a line otherwise. There's no way that just, like, she's this good of an actor in all of the roles she plays. She has to be this fucking annoying to be around in yeah. real life. There's a no reason be. why they, like, were like, yeah, you can just annoy people about There's a reason why all of Hollywood was willing to just make fun of her for getting fat in the 80s and 90s. That's fair. As she was pouring her life into, like, making fucking money to feed poor children. Yeah, she's like, I want to make a difference in the world. And, like, all of Hollywood still felt totally comfortable throwing Sally Struthers' fat jokes, like, right and left. Pretty much, she was like... Oh man, it's really a shame what's happening to like all these children mm-hmm. and all these people were like <laughs> Right, yeah. Like that was their reaction. Cry to me it. a river, fat ass. Yeah. Hey Phil, why don't you go eat another like, you chicken? You didn't get through a late night TV show monologue without some sort of Sally Struthers' fat joke dropping by the end of it. Oh, it, like, was, a, it was a Monica Lewinsky got cummed on and Sally Struthers' yeah. is fat night after night for a decade. And like it wasn't even relevant anymore, but no, they were still doing it. All. Just still doing it. She's got to suck, man. Yeah, it's just the worst. So eventually everybody basically dies, but Rudy and McQueen and fucking uh, McGraw. McQueen and McGraw are like climbing out a fucking window, trying to escape through a fire escape. Rudy catches them, takes a shot at McQueen. Does he hit him? We don't really address that. It looks, uh, like, he it looks him, like he hits but him. But then like, but he like, never has a yeah. wound for the rest of this movie. So I think maybe just like she asked, I think, passed through his suit coat or something. Because I, I think she asks, she's like, are you okay? A couple moments after this, and he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I think maybe just like it shoots through his suit coat, but doesn't, Grazed him. doesn't like hit yeah. fucking meat. So then he fucking shoots Rudy. This guy fucking takes some bullets. That's all done. Fucking basically everybody's gone. There's one last goon who like is like stick him up, and McQueen's just like, look, man, I just killed fucking 14 people. Yeah. Turn around and run away. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. Enter uh- Slim Pickens. <laughs> Hell yeah. The final just like what the fuck weird awesome character choice this movie <sighs> makes. They find like a junker loading up his fucking junk pickup truck with some junk and they're just like, hey old man, fucking get in the car and drive. Yeah, he's got some Tom Petty-esque kid working with him. <laughs> Which is hilarious. This kid's just got like a bottle of booze and he's just like, you want me to come too? And McQueen's like, no. <laughs> like, there's like three seats in this fucking truck and you would be the fourth. Where are you going to be, buddy? So they've still got their fucking suitcase full of money. They pile in the truck with the old man and the old man 
Once again, twist. You don't know you normally get in a movie. This guy's not terrified. He's just like, okay, I'll take you wherever you want. Instantly, he's stoked. He's yeah. fucking yeehaw on it. Yeah. He's tearing ass like over fucking it's hills. so great. Smashing into other cars. Like, they, I am happy to be doing this, whatever it is. They have not shown him the money. There's no. been no talk of the money. No. They're just like drive and he's like are you re- you guys ready I've for been this waiting for somebody to let me drive like an asshole yeah. my entire life like they gotta leave this alley and mcqueen's like straight ahead man just i don't care if there's a drop just hit it and so slim piggins is like yeah duh gone and then we just get a little driving scene where he starts talking to them about like marriage and how he's life, glad that yeah. they're married and how yeah. they need to like stick together and shit and they're you just know what's like, this awesome old man has a fucking point. Nate, you know what's wrong with kids these days? What is it? No morals. No morals. Kids fucking... kids figure if they ain't living together, they ain't living. That's that's the truth right now. You get people moving in together yeah. after just like three weeks of dating these days. Yeah. It's just like jumping right to it. It's crazy. It's crazy how these kids move. Slim Nobody's getting married. Like, you guys are married. That's great. You guys should think about just like His character, the cowboy, down. fucking, he foresaw hookup culture and yeah. it made him sick. Yeah. He was like, no, 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 no. Miserable culture. That's what this country's <laughs> built on. So you want to talk about things changing. They're like, drive us to Mexico. And he's like, sure, it's right over here. We get to the border. It's not a fence. It's not like a gate. It's nothing. It's literally one stop sign and yeah. one just fucking bored Mexican dude with a clipboard being like, yeah, what are you doing? Hey, we got some junk here. We're hauling junk into Mexico. And he's like, yeah, all right. Go See ahead. <laughs> Apparently, this guy hasn't been watching. He must only get like no. Mexican TV and radio in his little stand. He hasn't seen their faces and heard about them all over the airwaves for the last like fucking four days or whatever. I'm on a Mexican radio. So it's just sort of a weird anti-climax here where they're just able to very, very easily drive to safety in Mexico. But there's so much cool character shit going on with Slim Pickens and like their interactions with him that it doesn't feel like an anti-climax at all. No. Like, I just no, really enjoyed yeah. this as the end of the film. It's, yeah, Johnny Law's after them to an extent, but more so because of all the mess that everybody else keeps making. Yeah. And, like, once they sort their way through the mess... They're in old Mexico now, like... It's just, yeah. Senoritas and margaritas. Can we get there before the cops? Sure, Rosie's yes, probably gonna can. pick a knife fight with somebody and get killed in Guadalajara, but other than that... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a fun little scene here where... McQueen lays down the fucking the deal with him. He's like, "What'd you make last week, last year?" Slim Pickens like, "It's great, five thousand dollars, I reckon." It's a it's it's a two hour movie built upon killing the other person uh-huh. so they don't take your <laughs> right. money. Everybody is it's it's him or me. Like I'm fucking murdering and everybody in front of me. The whole scene ends like they get into Mexico and he's like, "Just pull over here," and like. It could just as easily be as like, well, this is where they kill Slim Pickens. Mm-hmm. You got to tie up those loose ends. Got to. And like you said, he just it's sits. on the game. They sit down in the dirt on the <laughs> side of the road. They just do the Asian squat. Yeah, so next like, to the pickup truck. Just well, like, I reckon you're going to kill yeah. me now or something. Yeah, he doesn't even get his shit. He's just yeah. like picking at the dirt and stuff. The queen's like, you made five grand last year. How about I give you 10 grand for this truck? Yeah. And then fucking like go along your way. And, like, him and McGraw are shooting each other little looks here, and she's just like, this guy's great. I'm loving this. Yeah. Totally. Let's not kill him. Let's give him money. And, like, Allie McGraw's sexy as 
fuck shooting him these fun little looks right here. She should have been in more shit, I think. Yeah. She got a lot of shit for her performance in here, like, from everybody. She's fucking she's dynamite in this movie, yeah. man. No, fucking, no. She's, there's no point. I mean, she's not, like, I'm sure, not the most seasoned actress. She's not doing a ton of nuanced shit. She's doing great stuff. But yeah, I what she's like asked she's to do. she's got chemistry with fucking McQueen, and they, they look fine. Next. Yeah. They're, they are playing a couple of handsome idiots who don't have much to say. <laughs> so, like, well, duh. They're great as a couple of handsome idiots who just barrel forward in life, and everything seems to work out for them. But she brings great fire when she yeah. has to. Whenever Love they're her. like, you're enraged, she does an awesome Especially job. Especially this end here where they're like finally happy and she's smiling and shit. And I'm just like, that's fucking star presence right there. Yeah. People should have done more with her. But yeah, he's just like, old Slim Pickens is like, well, how about you give me 20 grand? And then she's like, shit, old timer, how about 30? Yeah, what do you Everybody's think? Everybody's just laughing and having what do you fun. say to that asshole? And he's like, goddamn, I'll fucking walk my ass back to the USA. You ain't got to worry about it. Because... This whole ending, if there's anything we learned uh-huh. from uh, the Wild Bunch, mm-hmm. Sam Peckinpah loves to just end it on that live, laugh, love. Oh, sure. It's not quite as crazy uh, a, a, a laughing sequence as he was pulling out in those ones. No. They're not throwing their heads back and cackling for like <laughs> two minutes at a time. <laughs> but they're having fun and we end on this happy note and this ugly ugly movie yeah it's nice little it's very note. bleak yeah. <laughs> good point that's the getaway uh let's take a little break here let's listen to some coming attractions see what's up next for the rest of bloody sam timber then when we come back the getaway you know what's gonna happen it's entering judgment day oh no This is Alfredo Garcia. He's about to become a very important man. We are looking for an old buddy of ours, a compadre named Alfredo Garcia. A private army is scouring three countries to find Alfredo Garcia. Well, don't worry if he's alive, I'll find him. Alive isn't our problem. Someone has offered a million dollars for his head. If I ever get my hands on him, I'm gonna kill him. All it will require from me on is physical proof that Garcia is dead. And we're prepared to settle for his head. Bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. This man will become an animal. Alfredo's our saint. He's a saint of our money. I'm going to take it to him. I love you. This woman's dreams of love will be destroyed. I've been here before. You don't know the way. Innocent people will suffer. With Alfredo's help, we can do anything, honey. Holy ground will be desecrated. You don't want me to be part of that, do you? You are a part of it. 25 people will die. Just being together is enough. No, it's not, baby. All because of Alfredo Garcia. And only one man really knows why. Kill him. Sam Peckinpah, director of the greatest adventure films of our time, has made possibly his most powerful and startling motion picture. 
action for Christmas on BBC One in Convoy. By the time we got into Tulsa town, we had 85 trucks in all. But there's a roadblock up on the cloverleaf, and them bears is wall to wall. Yeah, them smokies as thick as bugs on a bumper. They even had a bear in the air. I says, calling all trucks, says, here's the duck. We about to go a hunting bear. Chris Christopherson and Ali McGraw lead the convoy this Christmas on BBC One. Paul Rodriguez? Mm. I knew it would have to be a professional comedian coming up with that one. Oh, star of uh, DC Talk? That's right. That's the one. With Mr. T? And the Paul Rodriguez show? I'm certain you know more about that one than I do, which is only the title. I want to say his son mm-hmm. is a successful skateboarder. Oh, that's that's an interesting premise. For also, sure. named Paul Rodriguez goes by the name P Rod. P Rod, or it's just a really common Hispanic name, and there's no relation whatsoever. Yeah, it could just be P like E R O D. This is a Hispanic name we don't know about. P Rod Rodriguez might be his name, and yeah, I don't know. P Rod Sanchez. <laughs> Oh, they, they, they do that thing where it's like the Paul Rodriguez show, but they're the Sanchez's on the TV show, like yeah. the, the Huxtables or the Taylors. I never uh, understood why they did that. If you're calling the TV show that's a sitcom the name of the main actor, yeah, it should be his name in the show, too. Well, the Hux, very confusing. The Huxtables were the Huxtables. The Taylors were the Taylors. Tim the Toolman Taylor. Oh, no, I was talking about... Uh, but the Andy Griffith show on that one, where he's oh. Andy Taylor on the show, oh, rather yeah, than Andy yeah. Griffith and the Cosby show, yeah. but they're the Huxtables on the show. Yeah. Very confusing. And the tool time, where they're not the Allens, they're the Taylors. Mm, yeah, that's right. Tim Taylor? It would have been cool if they would have called cool. Home Improvement the Tim Allen Show. Oh, why wouldn't you? I mean, Home Improvement was a pretty good name, though. <laughs> Everything about that show is perfect. We've yeah, established that. That's fair. It's probably the best show ever. It's made. maybe the longest running thing we've talked about on this that's podcast. how much we love Tim. <laughs> or, uh, 100 and however many... 40-some episodes in. That's I think true. Mentioned like, ever since wrestling, like, yeah, yeah. All the way back since episode one. I'm sure there was some home improvement talk on that, which I don't know why. <laughs> it's not something we talk about in our, like, normal lives much. It's Sometimes. Not, sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. Heart wants what the heart wants. Right now, the heart wants us to wrap up this podcast before it gets too long in the tooth, like yeah. last week's crazy, crazy episode. Ooh. We don't want to drop two giant ones on you right here, so... Let's get into this judgment day. Judgment Lots unpacking day these movies. Is when we look out to you, the, the people internet. out there, the, the internet fucking trolls. Is people that what they're, on they're the trolls on the internet, under bridges and on the internet. I don't even know anymore. What you, the salt of the earth, the real people, have to say about these films. I dig up a couple of one bullet reviews. I dig up a we couple of five those. bullet reviews. We read them, okay. we digest them, and then we decide which way they've swayed us as we give our final thoughts and our bullet ratings. I'm going to be listening closely. Matt, you should need to listen closely because Dynamite Reviews, a lot of just... Good, line them up. Just, uh, just really, really good points people are making this week. Line it's them not up. the usual group of clowns that... It's not the clown show that normally happens. Okay. This first one bullet review is from an Amazon user named James B. Henderson. Hmm. Slow moving and tedious. Love McQueen. But this movie made it hard to stay awake. Only reason Allie McGraw was in the movie was because she was married to Robert Evans, head of Paramount at the time. Oh. Allie has zero acting ability. McGraw left Evans for McQueen after she worked in this film. 
So much for phony Hollywood types and their regard for marriage. Director Peckinpah makes really? this movie look like an amateur production shot by 10-year-old kids with an 8mm movie camera. Peckinpah subscribes to this cinematic school that if someone gets shot, you dump a bucket of red paint on them. Very dated. Does not hold up well. A movie making style of the 60s, 70s, bare minimum dialogue, mostly natural lighting, non-existent character development, amateurish foley sound effects, shoes on pavement slash screeching tires on gravel roads, a lot of short scenes all stitched together like a Russ Meyer film, and bluesy harmonica music of the 60s, 70s, replacing the bluesy trumpet music of the 40s, 50s noir classics. Okay. One bullet from Amazon user James B. Henderson. Well, I gotta agree with that. Red paint for the blood was fucking weird. Well, weird yeah. that it looks, but... The blood was weird. The rest of that shit was kind of all over the place. Everything else that he mentioned were all the, all over the place. cool things about the movie. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> Other than sure. that, like, amateur 8mm fucking shit. This is a Sam Peckinpah yeah. movie. It yeah. looks great. All those yeah. movies look great. You gotta admit that, you fucking liar. Don't be such a penis. Man, this is this next reviewer is somebody who had a pretty strong reaction to this film emotionally, and they're just kind of working through it during their review here. Oh. This is a one-bullet review from IMDb user... Rodney Ree 69. Way to end it strong. What was the intention of Doc's wife? Number one. From the beginning, she had an agreement with Bainan to kill her husband. Number two. The trap had been set for her husband by Bainan, and she knew other gang members would kill him after the heist. When they reached the place where they were supposed to meet Rudy, she knew Rudy would try to kill her husband. And you can mm. see her face expression, how she looked hesitated to say something about what would happen. Yet she didn't warn her husband. Her husband might have been killed by Rudy if he hadn't been fast enough. Number three. At the Benyon's house. Was there a two? First she pointed... Yeah, there was that whole next okay, one about right. not warning him about Rudy, which yes. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think she knew that Rudy was going to do the double cross. Yeah, I don't think so either. At the Benyon's house, first she pointed the gun at her husband's back. Later, at the last moment, she changed her mind and pointed the gun at Benyon and killed him. Why did she just not come into the room and kill Benyon? You don't want to tip Why did hand. she first point the gun at her husband? Why did it take so long for her who to be killed? Number five. If she made this plan with Benyon just to cheat him, why didn't she say anything to her husband? Number six. In the junkyard, she said she had chosen her husband, not Benyon. What does that mean? Was Benyon her love affair? If not, is choosing her husband over a stranger something which her husband must appreciate? Well, they have history, clearly. Now the question is that. Why did she want to kill her husband and change her mind? That's all in caps. She just had sex with Benyon once and she fell in a doubt about the love towards her husband nah, and seriously considered killing her husband by making a plan with Benyon? If so, the sex with Benyon must have been the best sex ever in human history. One bullet from IMDb user Rodney Ree 69 who really was just focused on one part of the film. Very much so. Yeah. There's one thing he was worried about there. Rodney sounds like he's just attractive enough to pull mm. some sevens. Okay. But then those sevens always cheat on will him. Will leave him as soon as always an eight comes around. Yeah. yeah. See, I was I didn't know if it was that or if this was just a guy who was just like never got with a woman and is just like, Joe, you don't do it. You don't know. You can't even trust him. 
But I think maybe, yeah. I or, think maybe he's just a guy who's been cheated on yeah. in every relationship he's ever had. If it's not that, it's also the the more likely mm, okay. thing where uh, it's just he's really bad at watching movies and doesn't pick up on <laughs> subtle intricacies. There's a little bit of that going Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, either way. We got a couple five bullet reviews here. This first five bullet review is from an Amazon user named Pearl Builder. It's what? instructive to read some of the negative reviews from the wieners looking for their sensitive side. Well, if wow. you're looking for your sensitive side, this, is this one isn't for you. Go find a Sandra Bullock movie. Yes, yeah, Snowflake. You'll realize this when you see McQueen in true peck and paw and hill fashion vaporize a squad car with a shotgun. You'll recognize the style if you've seen the Willis Flick Last Men Standing from Walter Hill. Five bullets from Amazon user Pearl Builder. I got one Big question. Walter Hill fan, apparently. I got one question. What is it? Lay for, it on us. For you, the guy that wrote the one-star review Pearl, before this. Oh, Ree? Rodney yeah. Ree? Rodney Ree 69420 Shart. Uh, where were you? When they built the ladder to heaven. What's that know? song? I've never heard that before. 11 9 11 That's that Alan Jackson song oh. that he wrote when he was all like, hey, dog. At uh, that time, I was more into the Army National Guard songs they'd play before movies would start at the movie theaters. Oh, Citizen like Soldier. The butt rock bands from by the third, early 2000s. By uh, Three Doors Down. Three Doors Down, yeah. Citizen so Soldier. I might have missed some of the country tributes to 9-11 they were coming at the time. Yeah. This last five bullet review is uh, simple and to the point. It's uh, five bullets from a letterboxed user named Hewels. Hmm. Hewels says, Various woman gets slapped or punched seven different times. Five bullets from letterboxed user Hewels, who counted all the slaps and threw that five <laughs> bullet review out there. I don't disagree with no, that. No, you know? factual, factual. Yeah. So let that we love, sink in. We love fact-based reviews. Let that sway you where it will, and then let's let's hear your fucking final thoughts and your bullet rating for the getaway. This movie, sir, to me. Stood right there, toe to toe, with oh, wow. the wild shoulder bunch, to shoulder, you know, with a classic. Uh, I was enthralled. I was enjoying it just as much as I did the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, wild bunch is more of a group. Yeah, you know, more horses outing. in that one too. A lot of horse acting in that yeah. film. Yeah. By horse acting, I mean they killed a lot of horses while they were making that movie. Clearly. Oh, it was a different time. You could. Different time. You different just time. Kill a, kill a horse. So what? No one cares. This one, they were smashing cars. This movie was not so much about buddy chemistry as much as it was intricacies mm. of relationships and everything Lumber. else. And how everybody works together. Man and woman. Until it doesn't work. And then it all comes tumbling down, you know? Harold has to hang himself in the bathroom. <sighs> exactly. And it's because of moments like that. It's because of all the weird, dark little turns in this movie. So dark. And I love me some slow burner, especially when it's just fucking that dirty 60s, 70s yeah, kind of slow burner. as fuck. But it's not too slow. There's just enough people getting shot. But then when you stop and think about it, you're like, well, I guess it's not that action-packed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I got to give it just a little bit of a nod over last week. And this one to me, mm-hmm. 
Four and a half Four bullets, Four and a half buddy. bullets. That's I enjoyed one me. half of a bullet under five bullets. That's I enjoyed me some getaway. Fucking great score from Matt here. Yeah. Um, I'm mostly lockstep with you. I think, like I said, you know, this movie builds and builds as it goes yeah. on. I think maybe something could have been done in the first act to maybe capture you right away because like i said i was trying kind of having a hard time paying attention to it at first i get it but once the robbery happens like it just keeps building and building getting better and better yeah i love it more and more um i'm right there around the wild bunch uh i think there's there's more filmmaking going in that with like a capital f because you know you got the vistas and you got the horses sure, and sure. All the western shit this is more low-key this is a strong recommend for me the thing that pushes over the top to strong recommend is i think the character of rudy lettieri fucking yeah he's just so fucking good throughout this thing so much fun to watch I'm at a solid four bullets. Yeah, yeah. Fucking shoulder to shoulder with what I gave the Wild Bunch. I'm, I'm putting them, putting them directly next to each other. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna fucking poo poo you giving this a little extra half. A star. Oh, absolutely. This movie's like more unique. It's got more of a thing yeah. to it. This is more my speed, man. Like I like the westerns. Don't get me wrong, but like, uh, like Sally Struthers bouncing on people's laps without a bra on. I even love more. the shit out of that shit. You know, like that is my shit. Matt, we're halfway through Bloody Sam Timber, our oh. deep dive into the career of Sam Peckinpah. Next week we have what I don't want to fucking put too many of my cards on the table, but I'm pretty sure it is my favorite Sam Peckinpah movie and one of my just favorite underrated classics from the 1970s. How's that for a fucking build up? The Notebook. We're not watching The Notebook. Fucking we're watching the direct inspiration for one of your favorite films of the 90s, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. I know how much you love that one. We're With fucking, all the actors. We're watching Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia fucking next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. I look forward to it. What's that up? I hope you do too. It's like a Pesci and a... Uh, Joe Pesci's definitely the star. I know. What's his face? Uh, hey, it's me. Uh, Christian Slater's yeah. going on in that one too? Is he one of the heads in the duffel bag? He's in, I think he's in that. Wow. Is David Spade in that too? Going to have to revisit that we one. talked Spade. That one came out very strong on the heels of like... All the Pulp Fiction ripoffs. Yeah. And I was, I was stoked for them all. That was the first one. I was like, oh, wait, that was shit. Oh. Probably going forward, a lot of these are going to be shit. <laughs> that seemed to be a bit of a misstep. Turns out you don't just have to have quirky huh. hitmen and a lot of gunplay and some weird dialogue to make movies entertaining. They can be shit. Well, tune in next week to see if Sam Peckinpah does it right on the old baby oil and blow. And hey, don't forget, stay single. It's a long road when you're on your own And it hurts when they tear your dreams apart And every new town just seems to bring you down Trying to find peace of mind Use a friend